back to Film Yak, our weekly podcast for movie discussions. I'm Jordan. I'm John. I'm Kevin. And here today we're to talk about Gattaca from 1997. That'll be our deep dive review, uh, Kevin's pick. Mm-hmm. Here today we are to talk about... Here today <laughs> here we today. are to talk about... <clears throat> it's that Gattaca dialogue. You know, That's right. seeped into the brain. All right, sort of uh, Yoda-esque. Yoda-esque. Yeah. Gattaca, we are here to talk about. this discussion is. <laughs> so we'll be getting into that, also talking about uh, what we watched, and we have some feedback to respond to from a listener. Uh, we also have a blog on our website, filmyakpodcast.com, and uh, John, you've recently posted a review of a film that you went and saw with Kevin. Yep. Tell us about that. I wrote a review of a film I saw with Kevin called Brawl in Cell Block 99. I'll talk briefly about it with Kevin on the show, but if you want further mm. thoughts, you can read the review. Yes. It's right. a very good review. Yeah, I enjoyed it. Well written. Yes. Good stuff. John's good at that kind of thing. Yep, with the words. Mm-hmm. The wordsmith here. Yes. All right. Banter done. <laughs> Well, I, I had, had a story. I know you had other stuff. At <clears throat> my school, they do, uh, they've been doing Hispanic Heritage Month. Mm-hmm. So during the announcements in the morning, they pick a, a person who is Hispanic to salute and like talk about. Mm. And they picked, uh, a couple of weeks ago, they picked uh, Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio, <laughs> which is pretty rough, and uh, saluted them. Wow. Which they don't deserve. But after that, they did do a couple of um, filmmakers. They did Diego Luna, okay. uh. who's an actor. <laughs> and uh, they mentioned some Hollywood trash that he's been in. Of course, not mentioning the queer cinema that he's known for. Because, uh, you know, God forbid we tell the kids things like that. And mm. then the last the last day was really unfortunate when they said, uh, we salute uh, Alejandro Gonzalez today, Oscar-winning director of Babel. Uh, <laughs> and they didn't say his last name, and they didn't mention oh, anything. Wow. Of, like they didn't. It's just, wow. It was brutal. It was brutal. Some of this. Seems you think they a couldn't little, pronounce uh, it? <laughs> seems a little too soon for some of these people. Like I agree. Those two. It's yeah. like they didn't. They they didn't mention Caesar Chavez or Salvador yeah. Dali. Like Frida Kahlo. Yeah, Frida, or, yeah. Yeah. There you go. Somebody <laughs> like Fidel Castro. Yeah. Yeah, Shea Guevara. Guevara. Like, I, it's just, yeah, it was kind of absurd. That's but I don't know who was making the decisions there. Yeah. But uh, they were pretty ridiculous. Yeah, mm. I have to say, if you are going to pick a uh, Hispanic director, Inurito is up there. He is if you He's, say Inurito. And yeah. Then, yeah, and they, you they give him his last that. name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, now all the kids think, not that the kids are listening at all. But yeah, they're yeah, just like, yeah. whatever. Who cares? All right, so we're going to take turns talking about a film that we've watched in the past week. Kevin, you want to start us off? Let's see. So a while back, I was listening to um, Call Me by Blondie, and I realized how amazing of a song that is and how great a job the band does on that song. How's that song go? Call me! Call me! Call me! Call me! Yeah. Yeah. All seven minutes of it because it's it's, wow. it's good. <laughs> Can I use this for our intro music? No. Why not? <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I was Debbie like... Harry is... She's really, fantastic. She's phenomenal looking. <laughs> 
Well, she is, and that woman can in sing. In when she burns her breasts mm. with a cigarette. Oof. Yes. Oof. That, uh, yeah. That gets you excited. Oh, yeah. Gets me going. Uh, yeah. Nonstop. That's right. Your blood pumping. <laughs> Anyways, you had a point. Coinc- well, coincidentally, I went uh, and watched American Gigolo again. Okay. Again? You've seen it before? I've seen it before. It's been, it's been like years, though. So um, so I was like, yeah, yeah, I should go back and watch American Gigolo. You know, Paul Schrader, Richard Gere, um, Richard Gere's Bill thing. Duke. Um, yeah. Well, no, like, uh, you... Playing playing the gigolo, like you know, you see very little of his wang. So, and even what you, even what you see, it's not that impressive. That's a jip. Well, in silhouette, not not even. Well, it's silhouette. It's not silhouette. Like he's in full full light, but like you know, he's just standing there looking out the window, and you know, it's not engorged or anything. So, what do we <laughs> so? It's not erect. Okay. It's not standing at attention. Okay. Uh, you, you wanted more. Whichever of that. you prefer. Uh, well, from a gigolo, I mean, I would like <laughs> it. Wouldn't be out of the realm of possibilities. Anyway, well, the movie. It's not a, it's not a pornography film. Yeah, it's not a porn. Uh, yeah. And and you know, it's the early '80s. So that's like all you hear about that movie, though. I don't know about that. I've never. Well, heard. Uh, the, the only I, real I, reference I can remember to it was watching Gilmore Girls with uh-huh. my wife and like the characters. This is the one, this is the problem when all of your references come from Gilmore Girls. <laughs> that is, I was gonna say like, <laughs> it's uh, not all my references, just most, most of them. Of them yeah. yeah. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So uh, I just I just didn't enjoy the movie all that much. Um, I liked uh, Giorgio Moroder's soundtrack. Richard Gere, you know, he's not terrible but i wouldn't say he's amazing in it either like he's better in an officer and a gentleman um but yeah like the whole like mystery of the movie is just not that interesting it's it's weird like the movie is kind of more of a romance and like the the murder mystery is kind of um just incidental to the romance for the most part so yeah what'd you give that on two and a half all right. Yeah. Ouch. Ouch. Yeah. Was Richard Gere a gigolo in uh He's the, the gigolo. He's no, the in, uh, he, he's an the, officer and a gentleman. No. Um, naval, naval he was officer. the gentleman. Yeah, he's in uh he's in naval aviator training. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like the spiritual prequel to Top Gun. Ah, uh, I was just poking fun of you cuz he said he was better in that. So he's like, "Oh, is he a better gigolo in that one?" Obviously. It's really not. hysterical, Jordan. Let's be Yeah. Ha ha ha! Oh, ow! My side! Stop! I can't. You want me to repeat that? If you didn't get it, no. <laughs> anyway, John, what uh, do you got? <clears throat> on Filmstruck, which uh, I don't like. Some people, unlike some people, I just go on ahead and subscribe to it and pay my rate, you know, <laughs> monthly instead of just doing multiple, uh, multiple two week trials. trials or whatever. That's the way to go! <laughs> yeah. I, I only did that twice. <laughs> Only twice. I, uh, only, only twice. I did it once, and then I continued paying. Um, it's worth it. I uh, I watched. Uh, they've added uh, maybe a half dozen or so Safdie Brothers short films. Mm, okay. So I watched two of them back to back. The cool. shortest ones. Uh, one is called "We're Going to the Zoo," and the next one is called "The Acquaintances of Lonely John" or "A Lonely John." And uh, they both are directed. One of the first ones directed by one of the brothers, and the next one's directed by the other brother. But I get the feeling it's like a 
early Cohen situation where they're both kind of directing and they just take credit. One of them takes credit. Uh, yeah. But um, and then it's, but maybe not because the first one is starring the director and the the next one is starring the other brother as the you know who's the director. Yeah, so, hmm. so they turns. might have just been done. They might have just been doing them on their own. I don't even know. Hmm. But um, they're from like. 2006 and 2008 they're really old and they're really um uh i mean they're pretty they're they're fairly well made for for like the time period and what what i imagine was like nothing budget wise and uh we're going to the zoo is about the brother one of the guys is a hitchhiker and he gets picked up by this uh british woman and her kid and uh they drive around and they go to a diner and they dine and dash and then they go to a they're they're headed to the zoo and that's kind of like the end of the movie. It's really short, and it's kind of uh, mm. like you know, there's really no interesting plot or anything like that. It's just kind of like it feel like there's exercises, you know. Yeah. And then Acquaintances of a Lonely John is about um, the other brother Safty is in it, and uh, he plays this guy who's like trying to make friends with everybody, but nobody wants to be his friend because he's kind of like a lumbering, goofy guy. And uh, he goes and hangs out with his his best friend who works at a gas station, mm-hmm. and. They just like talk about like nothing, <laughs> and, then, and then that's the end of it. And he walks home. <laughs> all right, they are they are all right though. Okay, I, you know you got to see everything. Do you got to be completist. Do they yeah. go to the zoo? Do they actually? No, they don't ever show, don't the, show zoo. the zoo. Mm. They drop him off, and then he's like, "Have a good one." And then they drive away, and then something happens with her and her kid where they like decide we're going to go back and pick him up again before we go to the zoo, mm. and they go back and pick him up, and that's the end of the movie. All right, because they made like a connection, I guess. Okay, okay. Um, you guys assigned me to watch Stalker by mm-hmm. Andrei Tarkovsky. I'd never seen it before, so I uh, watched it in a couple of different sittings. Took mm-hmm. me a while to get through it. Uh, I actually watched part of it at work one day, and then I tried to finish it a few days later at home. Fell asleep, so then I had to go back rewind watch the rest of it so i uh i completed it over the weekend um, you love this thing do i oh yeah because yeah why I'm, wouldn't I'm you fall asleep, falling asleep yeah <laughs> well it's it's definitely one of those films that uh you need to be in the right state of mind for and i feel like maybe i wasn't maybe i need to go back and rewatch it um i really know how to really rate it or feel about it because i know i kind of feel like you did with eight and a half like a lot of people hold it up like this is really great but maybe I just didn't get it or, you know, like, who am I to say it's not great or whatever, but I don't know. It just didn't blow me away like I was expecting it to. I thought there was, like, some... Maybe issue. try to watch it in one sitting. Don't maybe break so. it up and fall asleep yeah. during half of it. Yeah. But like your kids screaming in the background while you're trying to watch it. Yeah. Watching <laughs> half of it at work. Funny <laughs> funny you say that, though, like, the last, <laughs> the last shot. Um, I don't want to, like, give away too much like for anybody who hasn't seen it but the last shot where the girl is doing what she's doing with the glasses mm-hmm. and my my daughter actually like like i'm trying to watch the end of this film <laughs> while my kids are asleep you know like the only time i've got where they're not gonna come in and ruin it uh-huh. but she wakes up and uh she's like oh can i can i watch the rest of this with you i'm like okay baby that's fine and uh she starts seeing the glasses move and she's like oh like she literally like freaked out she's like i don't think glasses can move by themselves and I was like, I'm just, she's like, what is happening? <laughs> she, I was like, just keep watching. And then, you know, the next one moves. <gasps> and she was like totally like into it for those like five minutes or whatever. It was pretty great. 
Um, but yeah, all that aside, well, you got to start them off early. Yeah, you know, start them off with some Tarkovsky. <laughs> yeah, five years old. Um, all that aside, I thought it had like some really interesting ideas, um, a lot of interesting dialogue, and obviously imagery. Uh, I can see what like he's going for, like with the style, but it did like. Like, we talked a little bit earlier about the tracking shot mm. where they're going into the zone. And it's that long tracking shot where the characters are, like, riding the rail car. And then, like, it's almost like five minutes of just shots of their heads, like, as they're looking around in the space. But that then, beautiful soundtrack. With, yeah, with the, uh, I don't know if I'd say beautiful, interesting. The beautiful soundtrack. soundtrack. <laughs> um, and then it, you know, quickly cuts into the zone in color. Mm. Um, I can see what he's going for, like in that style or like how he's putting those things together where like you're almost like lulled or or, like kind of, it's almost hypnotic where you're just kind of like lulled into that state. And then all of a sudden there's this, you know, cut into color there in the zone. But I don't know, for me, it just, I would, I don't know, it just didn't work for me. I, I wanted to see like more of like a transition, I guess, into the zone. I don't know. I don't have any like suggestions for that, but I just know my immediate reaction was just kind of like, eh, okay. Mm, you probably wanted, like, Thor to fly in. Oh, and, yeah. Like, escort them into the zone. Yeah, turn sure. into a Marvel movie, For right? sure, yeah. I wanted, <laughs> yeah, yeah. wanted Mar- like, more Marvel in this yeah, Tarkovsky. I mean, <laughs> like, where's Thor? Where's his hammer? He's uh, like, where's Chris Pratt? I was expecting Chris Pratt. I was promised Chris <laughs> I Pratt. I was promised Chris Pratt in this movie. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I thought it had, like, like you know, the, it was... I don't know if you'd call it an allegory, but it definitely had, like, some interesting ideas of, like, belief and faith and, like, how they're, you know, the stalker, like, he's really into, you know, like, the hope that this room brings and, like, how it grants wishes and stuff. But Mm. I thought it was interesting how they played with those ideas of how, like, you know, it doesn't just grant your wish. It kind of, like, reveals your inner desires and not everybody might want that revealed. So they end up, you know, doing what they do. In the film, again, I don't want to spoil too much of it for those who haven't seen it. But, uh, yeah, I thought that was, you know, interesting ideas, but I think it probably would benefit a rewatch, you know, all in one sitting. So mm-hmm. I'll have to hold out my thoughts on that till further ado. But yeah. We're going we're gonna to remind you about this. We're not going to let this <laughs> You're go. You're going to let it hang. You must rate this film. Well, we would hope that you would, you know, I think my... Uh, I don't know. If you don't like it, or if you didn't like it, don't watch it again. And I mean, it's not that, but it's like... <clears throat> I understand what you're saying. I'm saying, yeah. but, if, but it, like, be honest with yourself. If you don't like it, that's okay. You don't, yeah, have, to, yeah. you know, you don't have to force yourself to like something. Exactly. It's like an art film. I yeah. Mean. I feel like in their... I don't know. I don't, I don't know anybody else's, like, state of mind or, or like, why they like this film, but it kind of feels pretentious in that way where, like, oh, this is one of those films that's, like, you must like or, you know, you're an idiot or something like that. So it's, like... How much of it is, like, I just didn't like it, and how much of it is, like, expectations, like, oh, you should like this because it's Tarkovsky and it's, you know, Stalker and everything. But, you know, some of the camera work felt a little, like, pretentious, like, that the lingering, you know, like, I can get that he's just trying to, like, break the mold out of, like, you know, out of, you know, there's, there's no, like, entertainment value here. It's just, like, you know, art film. But... You know, there's only so much of that I feel like I can take to where it's like, oh, what's the point? You know, this just feels like a little fussy just to be fussy. I don't know. Okay. But, hey, that's just me. Okay. Give us some uh, hateful feedback at feedback at <laughs> com. Well, it sounds like you're intrigued enough 
to oh, want to watch it again. Yeah. So it yeah. definitely intrigued so me. So we we would be interested to hear your thoughts like, when you when you when yeah. if you watch like, it again. Like I'm not one to like I'm okay with slow paced cinema. You know, obviously I, I enjoyed Ozu a lot and yeah, I would I say that's say. really slowly paced. So mm. I feel like maybe I just wasn't in the right frame of mind. Okay. Uh, and later I'll talk about what I've been reading and how kind of in a uh, in a zone, if you will, right. of uh, a very like fast paced action sci fi right now. So mm-hmm. yeah, I want a little Should bit more. Should rewatch Valerian, the masterpiece. <sighs> yeah, nobody needs more of that. Anyway, Kevin, <laughs> you take it away. Uh, let's see. Um, rewatched an American Werewolf in London, and. I think overall, I probably would say that this is like my favorite horror movie. Um, wow. Yeah. Cause, well. Wow. Yeah. Because <laughs> I mean, I'm. I will say though, I'm not a. I'm not a huge horror fan. Um, and and again, it depends on what you want to define as horror. Like uh, you know, uh, I think Vertigo is Hitchcock's masterpiece i love that movie so much but i wouldn't necessarily say it's a horror movie it's not no <laughs> more like a thriller yeah suspense anyway psychological yeah thriller yeah what it is psycho kinetic psycho is a horror film yes anyway so yeah i love the practical effects in the movie i think rick baker is a master looking at all of the stuff that he's done with The Thing and all of the stuff he did with uh, Cronenberg, uh, you know, Scanners, Videodrome. And then with this, like, actually seeing a person transform instead of having the fades and the shadows and all that kind of stuff and just the pain that the guy goes through in the transformation, like, you know, seeing, like, all, all of the bones in his spine, you know, press up and his face stretch and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. It's still, you know, makes me uneasy just watching it. And, uh, one of the other things I like about the movie itself is that unlike some horror films where you're just laughing because it's so ridiculous and or stupid, I feel like there are laughs in the movie that are like genuine. Um, like when the guy wakes up and he's in the wolf pen and you know he's naked and he's <laughs> he's like uh hey guys and he's like afraid of being eaten by the wolves but they're just looking at him like what's up bro and <laughs> then then he gets out and uh you know he's hiding in a bush because he's naked and he's trying to get the balloons from this kid like hey i'll give you a pound for those balloons like no these are my balloons Okay, two pounds. <laughs> Hysterical. Yes, it's, it's really it is, uh, it's really difficult actually. to uh, to uh, put into my mind's eye what you're even talking about right now. Okay, have you seen it? No. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> I had, I've had it on Blu-ray for a few months. I haven't watched okay. it. Okay, I walked in like they they screened that at the library. Yeah, yeah. Like, that was the moment I walked in. So it was like a weird like comedic scene where I was like, well, yeah. It's, oh, I mean, a it's, a com- it's pretty much a comedy yeah. horror, isn't it? I mean, John Landis directed it. Yeah, I mean, but uh, yeah. So like, yeah, the laughs are pretty genuine, and like when uh, 
when the guy that's the, why it's his when, favorite horror film well i mean yeah bingo yeah if if monty python had made a horror film that would be his favorite yeah. horror film yeah. why not i mean we talked last time about Shaun of the dead you know yeah, there you go. um that would actually be kind of interesting on monty python horror film it would be actually but uh but yeah really like that movie uh some of the stuff towards the end gets a little goofy like there's this uh this traffic jam that happens in uh, London's Piccadilly Circus, and it gets like real, like demolition derby kind of thing. So that t- that took me out of it a bit, and um, uh, and some of the acting is a little stiff. Isn't but I don't know if it's like you know just because you know it's a different style of acting or or what. But you know it just didn't really hold hold up for me. So gave the movie four and a half, but yeah, it's still still a really good movie. Griffin Dunn is in this. Yes, and he's hilarious. I like Griffin Dunn. A lot. Yeah, um, like he's the first victim of the werewolf, and then he then he comes back and like you see like uh, you know like his open throat and like some huge gashes in his head, and like he's explaining what's going on to the main character. How do you feel about American Werewolf in Paris? I have not seen it. Okay. I have heard rather bad things, though. I have too, but I, I saw. I think I, I think I saw it when yeah. I was a kid, but I don't remember. Okay. I saw it when I was younger. Yeah. And like, I I don't think I'd ever seen American Werewolf in London. Right. Yeah. We talked about But I'd about seen that. Paris, and yeah, I just have memories of it being like a '90s horror. Film. Let me ask yeah, you this: yeah. Do mm-hmm. at any point during the film do they play Werewolves of London by Warren Zevon? No, they don't. Okay. Although. I'd have to check the timeline on that. I don't know if the song was out by then. It was. Oh, okay. This movie's from the 80s, isn't it? Yeah. Movie, that song's from like 76, 74. Um, I don't know. Like, there's, like, it's got a lot of, like, uh, Motown songs in it and 60s songs. Um, it's not set in the 60s, is it? No, it's not. It's not. But, uh, you know, like, a lot of 80s movies have, like, throwbacks to, like, the 50s and 60s. Mm. So I feel like it, you know, kind of... The big chill. Yeah, stuff like that. So I think it's kind of in keeping with that sort of tradition that continued through the 80s. All right. That's awesome. Yeah. Is it on me? Yeah, uh, I rewatched got. Only God Forgives, directed by Nicholas Winding Refn from 2013. Or 14, 13, I think. Mm. Uh, and uh, I, was, I was a little worried that it wasn't going to hold up because I gave it a five the first time I saw it because I was pretty blown away by it. Mm. And um, even better this time, just a masterpiece. Uh, nothing that Refn has done comes anywhere close to it. Uh, and it's just shocking that people don't see how good this movie is <laughs> they think that drive is his masterpiece and it just isn't this movie is so much better than drive set it up for us what is it about it's about a man named julian who is played by ryan gosling who lives in thailand and bangkok uh and he promotes kickboxing matches but he and his brother also deal drugs on the side mm. uh to supplement their income i guess and uh they're kind of like Sort of like powerful. They have like people underneath them who work for him and stuff, you know. Anyways, his brother is a uh, a real scumbag and uh, ends up raping and killing a sixteen year old girl in a hotel room. And the that's when you're introduced to Chang for the first time. And Chang is the villain of the film, who is like this uh, supernatural force in Bangkok who is a cop 
but it's the he's just the coolest character in any movie <laughs> ever. It's just such a good character. He always he's the detective working the case, right? Mm-hmm. But he's also like you get the feeling he's like in charge of all the police. They all like revere him. Everybody reveres him. Everybody's mm. scared of him. He doles out justice in like this very like vigilante style. Like he he bring he brings the father of the raped girl to the to the hotel room and he gets mad at him, he chastises him. He's like, How could you let this happen to your daughter? And uh because he was prostituting his own daughter for money. Uh, you know? oh. And he's like, um and he's like, I'm sorry, and I didn't know, oh my god. And he's like all sad and everything. He says, Make it right and he leaves and he lets the guy beat the brother to death. And uh so the uh the brother is beaten to death. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of like what starts off the entire uh, conflict of the film. It's, you know, uh, Ryan Gosling versus Chang, more or less. And uh, it's just really cool, man. I don't know. The, it's just really beautifully shot and uh, mm-hmm. amazingly directed and great, great pacing, amazing acting. Gosling's performance in this is better than his performance in Drive. And I think he's fine in Drive. But and I don't think that I'm not one of these people who thinks Gosling is like a phenomenal actor. But mm. I think he's good in certain things, like Blue Valentine. He's amazing in Blue Valentine. But uh, in this, he's just he's got these. Uh, he's just the chillest human being on earth, <laughs> and nothing bothers him. And it's just just great stuff. I don't even know. It's hard. I don't even want to say too much about it because I just you should just watch it. Just watch it. It's amazing. It's, I have it checked out, so I'm gonna. Oh, I'm probably gonna watch it today. So good. It's so good. Uh, yeah, I r- highly recommend it. And uh, I watched all the behind the scenes uh, featurettes, and they show Refn directing. He's got this like really collaborative style where he like asks the actors where they want to be standing, and he asks them what they want to be saying and stuff like mm. that. And That's mm. interesting. He yeah. uh, he's just really. He seems like a really. Like, not as eccentric and weird as you would think he would be from, like, interviews and stuff. He just right. seems like a pretty normal guy. Mm. And uh, there's a great moment where Gosling, mm. like, is uh, mimicking him, like, from behind <laughs> his back. Like, he always has his hands on, his on like, the back, like, on his kidneys, kind of. And Gosling puts his hands on his kidneys, like, standing, and it's, it's <laughs> like, a feminine posture. And it's it's pretty funny. And uh, and then I watched this, the making of feature with Cliff Martinez of the score. Mm. And... Uh, that was really interesting too. He talks about how he played with the Chili Peppers, yeah, and um, how he created the score. How he bought instruments in Bangkok and stuff. So, really, really cool. Great score, amazing score actually, and uh, just an amazing film all around. Very satisfying. Awesome, awesome. All right. Well, I've only got one more. Do you want to go? Because me and John uh, are going to talk about this anyway. Okay. Um, let's see. Let's see. I rewatched The Wrestler yesterday. And, um, as like, um, you know, I, there wasn't as many, there weren't as many things in the movie that I thought like might have bothered me now as a wrestling fan. But, um, I, I still, I still think it's not, I wouldn't call it a great wrestling movie. I call it a great sports movie. Cause it's, you know, just the, let's, let's break that down. Cause I don't understand this, this review at all. Like what, what is the, what do you mean by it's a great sports movie? 
Okay, so you've got so you've got that montage at the front that you're yes. establishing the character. Then you see him. Oh, you how, mean during then, the credits? Yeah, okay, during yeah. the credits. The history and then, of the character. Yeah, the history of the character. Then you see how far he's fallen. Sure. And then the movie is him trying to work okay, his way yeah, back like a up. Rocky kind of thing. Yeah, that yeah. kind of thing. Okay. So how? What, what would make it a good wrestling movie? Uh, I don't even know just, what is a just good more, wrestling movie. Just more, more, more wrestling. More, <laughs> actually, yes. There's like. Three matches in the entire movie. Yeah, um, but if like, yeah, but it's like if you want to watch wrestling, go watch wrestling. Like, it's not a movie about wrestling; it's about the guy who's wrestling. Yeah, but even that's just not. It's just, uh, the stuff that happens outside of the wrestling is just not that interesting. You don't it's, think his relationship with Marissa Tomei is interesting? I think Marissa Tomei is interesting. I bet uh, you do, buddy boy. <laughs> I do too, <laughs> especially in the wrestler. <laughs> For real. She is a beautiful woman. <laughs> she really is. And I got to say, her acting was really oh, good. she's great, yeah. She's um, awesome. Oh, yeah, the acting. <laughs> I mean, secondary, Man. of course, but she's phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. But, yeah, like, uh, I'm, I just think, like, if you're going to make a movie about a wrestler... You might have a little more attention, like like Rocky is a good example. Like you see all the things that go into him being a great boxer. Yeah, but okay, that, and, okay, okay, okay. That's true. That's true. But you yeah. only see two fights in that movie too, and there and that movie. Well, also that's the thing about boxing is that you might only have like that's true. two fights in a year. But okay, like, but if he's a, a legitimate working wrestler, he'd be working more shows. He's and, like sixty years old though doesn't matter. The whole point of the movie is that he's like his body is failing and he can't wrestle that much. He's in the hospital for for some of the movie. He has a heart attack for God's All sake. Right, well, let me let me ask you this. Mm-hmm. Despite the the limitations of the wrestling, <laughs> what about the story like didn't work for you or, you know, like, I ju- I just comment th- on that. I just thought it was generic. Like, you know, he tries to get back with his daughter and, you know, something happens and he messes it up and, you know, she starts to hate him again. And oh come on! That set scene when he breaks down to her though and cries, I'm just a broken down piece of meat. Eh, <laughs> uh, sorry. I just don't want you to hate me. Oh my god! Oh my god! No soul in this man. <laughs> For things that are soulful, yes. Uh, <laughs> He's burying his soul on screen. It's just so generic, though. Generic. Yeah. This word. <laughs> Is this just the same old stuff that you see all the time? You know, like you know, you know that this scene is coming. You're waiting for it. So, what about like the direction or the acting and stuff? Other I mean, elements? Todd Barry was an interesting character. Like, just the he's like, great. Such a dick. This, yeah, like just the smarmiest of like grocery store managers <laughs> for like no reason. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I think, uh, like the, this, the first scene where he's starting to work the deli counter, I thought that was really good. Cause like, he's obviously like very nervous, but then like he starts really getting into it and you know, he's, you know, very gregarious with the customers you and you're like, how you do, you, <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, you know, throws, throws the guy, the potato salad. Hey, touchdown. Yeah. Like <laughs> how you doing sweet cheeks? Like that, that made so much, that made so much sense for his character and That's for great. the, for the circumstances. I I agree. This movie's a masterpiece. What would you? What did you give it? I would give it a five. I, I haven't watched it in a few years, but a five. I, it's a masterpiece. What did you give it, Kevin? Two point seven five. Jesus Christ! <laughs> hey, I, it's just yeah, difference yeah. of opinion, this is just, man. This is just two star Ted. This is what you yeah. get when you two star Ted. 
Okay, so what about that scene in the bar where, like, the 80s ruled, man, and they start naming off all the generic heavy metal bands and... Not... Okay, that's a scene where... Okay, unlike... Well, I would say... I'm not, this is not against you, Kevin, but unlike you, I can separate my personal interests and opinions outside of the film's characters. So, like, I'm not watching the movie saying... Well, I, I hate 80s music, so these characters suck. I'm not saying you're that. You're saying you love wrestling, so this movie sucks because it doesn't do wrestling correctly. Right? I mean, yeah. your biggest problem with the movie is the wrestling, right? Well, the lack thereof, okay, I would there say. Okay, there you go. So, I mean, like, I'm not going into the movie. I don't, well, I'm like, not a wrestling if you're fan, going so to, If you're going, going to, to do a movie, do a little more research and actually, like... you got to be kidding me, man. This movie is pretty... I don't know uh, probably as much about wrestling as you do, but I, I would say this movie is fairly accurate. I would say there's so much of it that's left out that's genuinely it's important. It's not a documentary about the wrestling industry, though, right? I mean, it's like it's about, but it's one shot like a documentary. Yes. Like there are all those, they want, all they those shots where, real. like, they have like the folk, they have like the focus on him, and then they shoot him from like a distance. Yeah, there's like four or five shots like that, and it's like, okay, so if you're gonna like. Or, like, make it like a documentary, like, sort of Battle of Algiers kind of thing. Like, you know, it's not really a documentary, well, but we're going to shoot it did. like a do- I mean, they got a lot of non-actors in there. When he's, when he's signing the autographs for the kids, those kids aren't actors. Mm, I don't hey, know about that. Oh, hey, can we pause for a second? Yeah, yeah. Hello? All right, where were we? It's just not that good. All right. Just, just it's fine. opinions. Man. And, we're all, it's all and we're all entitled to be wrong. You know, (laughs) this coming from the guy who was talking about super dark times, you were anticipating this. You were anticipating (laughs) the kids going like, oh, I didn't want some scene where they're just naming off a bunch of 90s culture. I don't like that. Yeah, no. Okay. okay, So was was the wrestler set in the 80s? No, no, it's set. No, but but they're 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 talking talking about about they're talking about the 80s. Okay, I agree. And that and I I don't want. Okay, that's a major difference, though. And let me explain that difference in case you explain. Okay. In Super Dark Times, Super Dark Times is a period film for one. It takes place in 1996 or 1995. So them talking about 90s music would have been lame. It would have been like, hey, guys, remember, we're in the 90s, 90s, right? Which I would have a problem with if they did that. I have a problem with them. I have, I do have a problem with with pop culture appearing in most movies, unless it's extremely like natural or makes sense to the film's like plot or something like that. In this film. I think that the, I don't love that scene when they're talking about '80s music versus '90s music, mm-hmm. but I think that it makes sense for what's going on. It's them. Th- that whole scene takes place in a bar when a day that they've spent the entire day hanging out, they're bonding and they're bonding over their distaste of '90s music and the fact that, like, when they at the end when they cheers and they say '90s sucked, it makes a lot of sense because the '90s probably did suck for him. That's like when he was going down. Like right. he was huge in the '80s. And then he just started his decline. So, of course, he hates the 90s. Same thing for her. Like, she's a 40-year-old stripper. The <laughs> 90s probably weren't very kind to her either. So, like, it makes a lot of sense. Like, they would be talking about that. They were not really talking about music. They're talking about the 90s in general. They hate the 90s. Like, they hate that time, that period in their life. So, that's 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 where that, that, that makes sense to me. I don't Nostalgia. mind talking about the music. I don't know. For me, it was just like, also, okay, now you're – like like when he like references Kurt Cobain, it's like, yeah. okay, you're just another old guy who doesn't, well, li- that, doesn't like change. They are like but, – but, but look, look, look what kind of guy he is. He's a guy who was 
huge at a time when like hair metal was big. Yeah, the hair yeah, metal yeah. guys hate grunge. Even like Vince Neil, I remember seeing a thing on VH1 when I was a kid where Vince Neil was just reaming Nirvana because he was like, <laughs> he's like, I don't understand. All of a sudden, 1991 pulls around and all of a sudden there's a band out of Seattle and all, all the kids are singing all, all his songs. They don't want to hear our songs anymore. They want to hear songs about party and having a good time. They want to hear songs about how depressed you are and how you want to kill yourself. I don't, I don't get it. I still don't get it. It's just like, yeah, you don't get it because you're not a kid. You don't understand what these kids were going through. It, the wrestler got the the guy is uh, Randy the Ram is the same kind of person. Like he he he's nostalgic for yeah, a, I, another time period. Yeah, I it's it's okay. I'm not trying to convince you to like it. I'm just trying to explain yeah. to you what my 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 thoughts are. You yeah, I get it. Like it, you should like it. But I'm not going to try to convince you because that would be silly. No, you're not going to like it now. You're not going to change your mind. Who are you, especially, Jordan? Especially not. <laughs> especially not now. I, I changed my mind over one movie. You gotta just, you just gotta get that in every time, right? Yeah, yeah we're gonna remind you about it until I you're was, dead in your grave. I was processing, as all good friends would. All right. Okay, so that's it. That's all you got about the wrestler. Yeah, yeah. All right, okay, right. cool. Uh, I'm going to talk about Meyerowitz stories, and John, you can chime in as you like. Sure. Um, yeah, so directed by Noah Baumbach, uh, written and directed by Noah Baumbach, starring Adam Sandler, Ben Stiller. It's on Netflix right now. Uh, Dustin Hoffman. Um, so pretty much about... Emma Thompson. Emma Thompson, yeah. So pretty much about like uh, upper middle class, would you say? I Family guess, yeah. in New York, and um, the dad and his art and... His uh, his their problems, their family problems. Um, I thought it was really good. I I mean I've I've always kind of liked Noah Baumbach stuff. Uh, I really enjoyed Francis Ha. So this is kind of in the same um, you know just talking head picture uh, category. But I mean Adam Sandler, like he had like when is the last thing he's done that was great? Punch Drunk Love. But here he comes with another. So, uh, he did. Uh, I liked Funny People. I never saw that. But here he comes with like a really great performance. Um, probably like one of his best. I'd say he's better in this than Punch Drunk Love. I think it's his best performance. It's up there. It's definitely like one of his best performance. And Ben Stiller too. Like he was incredible in this. I liked. And I liked everybody. I liked. I. I was just thrilled to see Hoffman again too. I think Hoffman yeah. is just like crushing it. And like I just yeah. miss him so bad. He he was he was great. Like he played the narcissistic artist. Like you know, just pricked of a dad to a T. He's great. <laughs> uh, the only person I really didn't like, like surprisingly, because I think she's awesome in pretty much everything, was Emma Thompson. I thought she was a little over the top. Like she's this kind of. I didn't drunken, even know it was her like, until the end of the movie. So yeah, <laughs> she wow. she definitely I liked her, though, she I... she didn't look like Emma Thompson. She the wardrobe and like the look they gave her is like this kind of burned out. 60s hippie uh step their stepmom you know and she's mm. always drunk but i just felt like she was a little over the top like her, with her drunkenness you know it was just a little kind of put on oh, i but, liked all that i thought it was funny i mean it was it, parts it was funny it wasn't all bad but yeah i thought the dialogue was really sharp i mean it's just non-stop talking for pretty much like the first two acts and then you get like a short reprieve uh, when Dustin Hoffman's character goes in the hospital, it's like almost an eerie silence, like there's not talking. Um, but yeah, it just kind of you know goes back and forth between the different uh, sons in the family and like uh, Adam Sandler's character, who's kind of been more neglected by his dad, and he's 
you know, having a hard time. He's splitting up with his wife and everything, and he's got a young daughter he takes care of. Not uh, young. She, oh, you know, fr- freshman in college. But, yeah, yeah she's uh, she's going off to college, and he's, you know, living temporarily with his dad because he's uh, got nowhere else to go pretty much. Yeah, like, the performances were great. I thought the writing was really sharp. I really enjoyed uh, Bombach's direction. I want to talk specifically about the scene where uh, they're chasing the French guy who took uh, Hoffman's jacket and those tracking shots. Mm-hmm. Like, really well done. Um, like, I don't know if I've seen a tracking shot or, like, a, it's almost like a chase scene, but backwards where, like, the tracking, like, the shot. Uh, well, it's just that he's it so, yeah, it's backwards. like Ben Stiller is far ahead of Dustin Hoffman because yeah. that's how he's old. Yeah, yeah. And it just keeps, like, it shows Ben Stiller run a little bit, and then it pans back and shows Dustin Hoffman. And then it goes <laughs> back to Ben Stiller, and Ben Stiller's running back to see if his dad's okay. And then it goes, follows him back. Yeah, it's, pretty, yeah, it's really great. Like, yeah, just the fact that it goes back instead of forward. Like, you know, he's going this way, the camera's going the other way. I thought that was really interesting. And then they cut to another, like, during that same scene, uh, another shot, like, around the corner where, again, Ben Stiller's in front. But then as the camera uh, tracks backwards, we realize we're like on and we're around the corner. And so we see like Dustin Hoffman coming towards the camera. Mm-hmm. I just thought that was really interesting and like kind of builds the tension too in that comedic moment of like, wait, he's getting away. You know, like the camera's going the opposite way that we want to go. So, How exciting yeah. it must have been for Bombach to direct Dustin Hoffman running down the streets of New York like oh. Marathon Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. I mean, just to have him in his cast in general, like. Yeah. Well, all these people are really, really great. I have a quick um, question. Yeah, yeah. So Dustin Hoffman is kind of the patriarch of this family that's yes. kind of fallen on hard times overall. For sure. So this is kind of Baumbach stab at the Royal Tenenbaums? It it has because like the way you're describing like uh, like the characters, it like really makes me think like especially there's a son who is get who um like it, like it, Ben Stiller like his wife dies it's not a divorce but uh but um it definitely has yeah it sounds uh, very similar it definitely has a Wes Anderson vibe to it i mean but mm. you know they've worked closely together before yeah, yeah. uh i mean not it has that vibe and i guess like the the setup and i mean Bombach's not new to this territory of like right. fam you know family drama and you know yeah, like yeah. you know um these kind of socialite artistic you know, intellectual characters and their, you know, problems and crises and stuff. Yeah. But yeah, so, I mean, I'd say it has some similarities there, but it doesn't feel like a, a ripoff or, okay. of Royal Tenenbaums in any I way. I didn't think about Royal Tenenbaums. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't think about <laughs> But Tenenbaums. I mean, I can see what you're saying. I just mm. never... I didn't think about Tenenbaums, but, you know, I noticed, like, I, I feel like the dialogue is probably, it's a lot different than that, than Anderson's style. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's it's definitely more naturalistic. It's just kind of stream of consciousness just like going 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 mm. um versus anderson's more like you know like these pointed little statements right um well wes anderson is directing comedies and bombach is directing like dramedies yeah Dra- more like dramas drama like, yeah elements. i'd call it a dramedy for so, sure I mean, okay but yeah it's uh it's really well done i gave it four stars um that scene at the end with uh their speech at the group show and when Ben Stiller breaks down and he's yeah. cried, like that was epic. That was I, was, I laughed a lot. That was that really scene. great. I thought it was funny. Yeah, I mean it was funny too. <laughs> but it's just like I wasn't sure if I was supposed to. But I was like, oh, this would be funny, but it's really funny because yeah. he's just like losing it, and he, I can't take him seriously. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's he's losing it in like front of this crowd of people at this art show. But uh, 
I just thought his, I liked act, it when his they, acting was I liked really them, great uh, there. I laughed the most when they when they destroyed the guy's car. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the 80-year-old man yeah. with dementia. They kept hitting the windows, and like the, they, like they hit the window with a stick, and it just broke. <laughs> oh, yeah. They couldn't, they couldn't destroy <laughs> but, yeah. the window. Yeah, they're like old and like try yeah. to like do these young man things, like jumping. He's like jumping on the car, but he's got a limp. So he's got to hurt himself. That's good. Um, I, also liked, I also liked all the road rage moments, like any time. Oh, yeah. Uh, Adam Sandler's like screaming at other cars. Oh, that feels <laughs> yeah, that that was the best in the beginning. Like he's trying to park his car and his uh, like park his car on the you know, street of New York. Yeah, yeah. He's with his daughter, but yet they, they they're trying to have like this you know dad and daughter talk or whatever. Uh, but then like he's got road rage, so he's just like <laughs> go f yourself, just like yelling. But um. I thought that was well, like, I liked the editing there where, like, you know, and it happens a couple other times throughout the film where, like, he's yelling and, like, in the middle of the sentence and then cuts. it cuts. Yeah. I thought that was a little overdone, though, towards the end because they do that about, like, five or six times throughout mm-hmm. the film. So, like, that was one little nitpick thing I had. I was like, oh, that was, you know, successful in the beginning, but, you know, you've kind of beat me over the head with it now. Um, and there was only a few moments where I felt like it was a little stagey, like like early in the film where they're like as if, you know, like, I don't know if you heard of films described as like a play, like it's very play-like. Right, yeah. So in the, there's like a first scene where they're all together in a room and, they're, you know, they're constantly talking over, talking, overlapping each other in dialogue and everything. And, you know, you're going back and forth between characters. Uh, and like, you know, I had questions there. I was like, oh, is Sandler going to really be able to, like, live up to some of, you know, his, like, dramatic stuff that he's done? Um, because I felt like that was probably the weakest part of the film and part of his performance. But then, like, after that, I I was into it. Like, I felt like the characters were really richly drawn. Like, I wasn't... Like, at first, you see Ben Stiller, and you're like, oh, it's Ben Stiller. Or you see Adam Sandler, you, oh, Adam Sandler, Justin Hoffman, like, kind of distracting at first. But, like they really build the character and like their history throughout just the dialogue and like entrenched into, you know, their family life. So by the end of it, I wasn't looking at Ben Stiller, Adam Sandler. I was looking at Danny and Matthew, you know, I thought it was really well done. And the ending was great with, uh, with when they go to the museum. How do you feel about the daughter's short films? Those were a little rough, but, uh, I mean, it, it worked in a comedic moment of the, the dad, you know, Oh, my daughter sent me her like, film. I didn't feel I liked. I was talking to my wife about it. She she fell asleep during it. She didn't really like it. But uh, oh, I was yeah. telling I was telling her afterwards. I was like, uh, I like the films. I don't I don't like them as like as like like I wouldn't watch them. I'm saying like I I like the fact that they exist in the movie uh, as comedic moments. But yeah, I don't yeah, think yeah. they work comedically the way that you would expect them to. In the films, she makes like experimental short films, and mm-hmm. she's naked during a lot of them. Uh, and uh, very pornographic. Yes. Well, yeah. I mean, they're 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 sensual. Uh, yeah. feminist. Yeah. At one point, he's inviting like a love interest to the film festival, and he's like, "They're not <laughs> unpornographic." <laughs> yeah. Did either of you guys see Valley of the Dolls? <laughs> no. <Nah, it's>, uh, <laughs> There's a. It's it's about a bunch of women in uh like hollywood and uh all that kind of stuff but uh there's a point in the movie where like one of the one of the characters has like gone to france and she's doing quote-unquote art films nudies that's all they are just nudies 
Go yeah, on. I mean, I, f- I felt like that works comedically when you I know, don't think the comedy comes from the fact that he's watching them, though. I don't. Like, I didn't you think, think they come from the films themselves? Yeah, I didn't think that it played like he he felt it was awkward. It does a little bit at the, well, in, the, fir- in the first one. Yeah, but the like, first one. When he watched the second one in the hospital, he's like totally fine and like. Mm. Well, there's I, still I like some that. awkwardness there, though. He's like. You can tell he's trying to be like the supportive dad. Yeah, but I'm saying but, it's not that's like, where the comedy came from yeah. for me. Like he's trying to be supportive dad about like her, you know, porno experimental films, you know. And he's like, yeah, I don't well, think I mean, I've ever just... seen a sex scene shot like that. You know, that's really great, honey. And she's like, oh yeah, I wanted to cast myself in direct, uh, direct sunlight to make me look very unattractive. You know, and just like very young film schooly person thing to say. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I thought it was it, it worked for the plot and her character. I thought that actress was really great. I thought she did a good job. I thought she was great in her short films. <laughs> She's very beautiful. Anytime yeah. her top was off. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just Incorrigible. Kidding. But no, she was she is good. I yeah. don't know who the actress is, but she was she Grace was great Van in, Patten or something who cares? like that. She's great though. Yeah, she uh, was good. That, that name sounds familiar. She hasn't really been in anything else that's uh-huh. notable, but she was really okay. good in this, yeah. Cool. She played the daughter really well. Cool. All right, what else you got for us, Kev? Well, uh, John, you want to talk about Brawl and Cell Block 99? Sure. Well, before we get into Don't that... Don't get too excited. <laughs> before we get into that, I think we should also talk about the trailers. Okay. Because... Ooh, you, boy. You have to remind me of what the trailers were. Uh, well, oh, Den of Thieves? Den of Thieves, but also... Uh, <laughs> Geostorm? Did Geostorm? That one in there? Wow. Yeah. Uh, the worst looking film ever. Worst looking film, and like just this, just the premise. Like, you they know, really, they really hit you over the head in the trailer that this thing is supposed to stop storms, and somebody's using it as a weapon. They say it like four different times yeah. in the trailer. Yeah, in yeah. somebody is using this as a weapon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's trying to rewrite rewrite the map of the world. <laughs> it looks horrible. It looks. Like why would it looks so that? ridiculous and it's like pretty, pretty pretty goofy looking. Yeah, and yeah. Like, like even in the trailer, it was so bad it was funny. Like when the plane, yeah. the plane crashes between like buildings, buildings and like yeah. its wings get cut off and it falls in the street <laughs> between the buildings. It's like, yeah, could be a fun time. Yeah, I mean it could, it could be. Kind of Who thing. knows? Yeah, and yeah. It was like all the trailers in Blade Runners, like that one. Yeah, yeah. And everything was just like post-apocalyptic into the world i'm like why are we still doing this uh well there was like, uh another who's going one? to see these movies yeah well there, there was another one den of thieves also also has gerard butler apparently as like some crack uh you know like he's in some like he's major a dirty crime squad yeah. yeah he's a dirty like he's like vic vic Mackey on the shield yeah yeah and uh <laughs> But yeah, and, uh, no so like Pablo Schreiber and uh, Fifty Cent are in this gang that you know they rob banks and like you can see they like it. They get their kicks by robbing banks. All we got to do is wait them out. So they'll and they'll rob another one, and it just looks again so so ridiculous. I will uh, see this movie in the theater though. Really? Yeah. Okay. Without a doubt. But I know just because of the strong violence factor. Okay, but I know I know the other big. one that you're definitely going to see in the move in the theaters, 
The Snowman. No, I'm not going to see Snowman. I'll never see that movie. <laughs> what is The Snowman? It's about some serial killer in some northern climate place. It's uh, the snow. Northern yeah. climate place. Northern climate. <laughs> I think it's in it's like northern Europe, and uh, it's Michael Fassbender is plays yeah. a detective who's looking for a killer who's yeah. obviously going to be J.K. Simmons because he's the only other actor in the movie. Yeah, only other actor in the trailer besides the woman who, like, I think he disapproves of these women. So I should obviously use myself as bait. I don't know. It looks like they're really trying to, like, like if you wanted to make another Girl with a Dragon Tattoo movie, like, there are more books. So just make another Girl with a Dragon Tattoo well, movie. Just give David studio. Fincher the money and... Maybe well, it's a different they, studio without the rights. They don't want they to make it. Well, no, it's, it's a mystery set in a place with a lot of snow that's probably like some Scandinavian country. So why do you, so why do you think that they didn't make more Girl with the Dragon Tattoo movies? The original Swedish movies, no, they I'm did make about three. the American version. Why didn't they make more? Well, it's it been bombed. like because it bombed, right? Nobody watched it. Nobody liked it, and the and the Swedish versions are trash. I don't know if you've seen them. They're horrible. They're horrible. I, ha- I haven't. They're but, uh, Honestly, I hate the American one too. But but uh, but it's a, it's slightly anyone. better. But I think the story the story not to get off on this, but like the story of those movies, of the that especially the first uh, book slash movie is absolutely ridiculous and not interesting at all. It's just like really uh, cliched and. Uh, Contrived, lame, but no, the snowman looks terrible. Yeah, it does. So, cell block, cell block. So, yeah, Vince Vaughn, Jennifer Carpenter, Don Johnson in a prison exploitation movie that takes forty-five minutes to get to the prison. It's really long. It's two hours and twelve minutes long. Yeah, I think the best thing the movie, probably the best thing the movie has going for it, is the violence. Mm-hmm. It's so brutal. Like, it's pretty. It's pretty gross. Yeah, they skin a guy's face off. It's yeah, awesome. How do they do that? <laughs> they kick him on the back of the head and drag him across concrete. Yeah, oh, okay. Vince Vaughn breaks this guy's arm clean in half, and yeah, it's <laughs> heebie-jeebies. <laughs> a little bit, yeah. He kicks a guy's head off. Yeah, into a toilet. Yeah. <laughs> so this is just like over the top violence. Like, uh, I wouldn't yeah, say. Sure. I wouldn't say it lacks. Uh, Realism. I mean, it's not like he kicks his head off like he one kick. He has to kick his head like ten times to get oh, the okay. head off. But yeah, I was thinking like jump kick in the <laughs> no, air. No, it's and, like know, he's something. stomping him oh, okay. into this hole in the ground. Wow, that is his toilet in the prison. Yeah, that's rough. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's pretty. It's pretty. It's pretty. Uh, all right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, John's into it. I mean, I not. I'm not. I gave it a three. I don't. I don't love it. Well, you're but, into the uh, violence. I like. I liked his first film, Bone Tomahawk, much better. Mm-hmm. And uh, like I say in my review, I think it just is a difference in story and actors, and uh, there's just a lot more talent involved in Bone Tomahawk. And mm. I think I won't say Vince Vaughn is miscast, but it's just weird. Like. I mean, towards like I say, towards the middle of it, I started to get used to it, but it took a long time to get used to. Like his weird, like southern affectation that he's yeah, doing. I don't know yeah. why he's doing that. I'm assuming that's just like the director asked him to be southern, but it's just strange because it's like he's such a New York guy. Yeah, he's like like he was in Made and Swingers and all these. You know, it's just like I don't think yeah. of him as like a down home southerner American yeah. 
rah rah guy like he's supposed to be in this movie. Yeah, and it doesn't take place in like New out. York, New York City. Like it takes place, I'm guessing, upstate. Yeah, it takes somewhere. place in New York, which that's weird too. It takes place in New York. But yeah, they cast a New York actor to play a Southerner. It's yeah. just bizarre. Now the guy who plays Gil, um, I didn't recognize him. I recognized him from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Mm. Uh, he was Buffy's main squeeze for most of season four. And um, and he was also in like one episode of Castle where he literally he pretty much plays the same character that he played in Buffy, only minus the like um, anti-supernatural government tactical unit part. And he was also in Red State for like two minutes. Oh, really? Um, yeah, where he played he, he kind of, again, the same character, this kind of like bumbling yet lovable dude anyway uh but yeah it was weird to see him as like a mob boss it was i'm glad i didn't notice or recognize him because yeah he was just he he played it all right for me i didn't mind it least favorite part of the movie where uh not to spoil but like they're killing somebody from with a with like a sniper rifle and uh Jennifer Carpenter grabs the sniper rifle and kills the other guy. <laughs> yeah. That was brutal. Pregnant woman grabs She's been kidnapped. <laughs> and, a, it's been in captivity for like a week. Yeah. And she just got back and she's pregnant, but yet she's still going to take this rifle out of this guy's hand and shoot this guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty absurd. I mean, she's she's the worst. I can't. <laughs> I mean, it makes it makes sense that her character would want to get revenge, especially against the guy that she shoots. But yeah, like, nah, man, she's probably like malnourished and hasn't really slept. She's so, to like, go to the hospital. Yeah, that baby's suffering. I'm sure. Exactly. Yeah, because she's like right, like right into the third trimester at that point. Right. Yeah. So, so going to be a late term abortion slash amputation. Yeah. <laughs> They're going to amputate the baby's arms. Or yeah. Arms or something <laughs> like that was the threat. That was They're, the threat. Yeah. That was the threat. <laughs> wow. But the baby was still going to be born. Yeah. It's going to be because this like, guy is apparently good enough to do that. Or, yeah. It was really That's, ridiculous. Sounds pretty ridiculous. Yeah. And speaking of ridiculous, Udo Kier. Udo Kier is in it. Yeah. He's, yeah. He's, he's fun though. I like Udo yeah, Kier. I mean, as the placid man, yeah. which like why, why wouldn't you just call him lawyer or <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Well, I uh, you got nothing left. I right? got nothing. I watched the foreigner in the theater. Oh, okay, uh, the Jackie Chan picture, directed by Martin Campbell, starring Jackie Chan and uh, Pierce Brosnan mm. and uh, some other British people. Who are probably somebody, but I don't know. <laughs> and uh, it was all right. It's uh, on like a scale of Martin Campbell's films. I'd say it's like m- middle to lesser Martin Campbell. What else did he do? Martin Campbell directed The Mask of Zorro. Oh, okay. uh, the Bond film GoldenEye. Mm. The new Bond film Casino Royale. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Uh, and then m- probably my... Either my favorite or second favorite of his, Edge of Darkness, the Mel Gibson actioner from 08. Ah. Him trying to make a comeback. And I saw that movie in the theater and uh, got really sick toward the end of it. Went home and uh, called my mom because I was just like, I'm so sick. And I was like 23, I guess. I was just like, I'm so sick right now. I don't know what to do. I'm like running fever and stuff. Mm. She's like, you want me to come get you? I was like, yes, come get me. So I went to my mom's house. 
I was sick for six days with swine flu. Oh, jeez. But uh, <laughs> then I finally got over it and uh, just didn't dull the movie at all. The movie rules. <laughs> nice. But uh, anyways, I'd say, uh, yeah, The Foreigners, you know, it's all right. It's it's not like a – it's not a great Jackie Chan movie because Jackie Chan is like a comic actor. And you really want to see him like in a funny movie where he's doing lots of action stuff but yeah. being funny also. And like a psychic is funny and like yeah, a rush yeah, hour, yeah. you know. Yeah. But um, and this one he's not funny at all, like ever. He's completely serious, and um, but he's not like bad in it or anything. He does that well, mm. and uh, the movie's like about his daughter gets blown up in a terrorist attack, and he has, wants to know who who the bombers are. So he he starts antagonizing Pierce Brosnan, who's like the leader of the Irish wing of the British government or something, and uh, and he he wants to know who the bombers are, and like, he mm. won't tell him. So he starts messing with him and like hurting his men and blowing up his he burns down his barn and so like this. anyways but uh and uh, there's some cool action sequences like where they're trying to beat jackie chan up and of course you know he's jackie chan so he just like annihilates them and mm. uh but it's all pretty realistic like he gets hit a lot which is cool and then it culminates with this like pretty intense scene in an apartment where it's jackie chan versus the four terrorists and he, like, shoots a gun, which is cool. You never see him shoot a gun, you know? Yeah, that's true. But he's, like, shooting this automatic uh, rifle. He showed in the trailer. He's like, oh, shooting yeah. it at the table and stuff. And uh, he fights these guys, and he kills a couple of them. And it's all right, you know? It's pretty okay. good. Pretty good uh, Pretty good action movie. Does it stay true to Jackie Chan's other work? Like, he, like you said, he gets hit a lot, but they show the punches, like, on on the camera, or do they cut away? No, he gets no, he gets hit on camera. Yeah, yeah. he gets oh, hit cool. quite a bit. I'd say the biggest difference outside of the comedy is that he doesn't really like fight with objects. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's kind of what he's known for. Like he fights the with ladder, like, yeah, like the ladder, yeah. and then like there's that scene in Rumble in the Bronx where he's fighting in the pinball hall and he's like ducking underneath the pinball machines yeah. and pushing yeah. them and everything. Yeah, and uh, and in like uh, Shanghai Noon, he has the rope and the uh, horseshoe and he like ties them and he's like throwing it at people and hitting them and. Mm. This one he doesn't really. He only does that once. He like grabs a shirt and like stops this guy from stabbing him. Like wraps the shirt around his arm. But it's pretty. It's not bad, you know. Some some brutal CG blood at the end. But I, I'd mm. say overall it's pretty solid. I gave it a three and a half. Okay. All right. You got more stuff, Kevin? Uh, two more. I got two um, more also, but I'm gonna talk about them together because they're kind of related. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about these two together too because. Um, Let's see. First off, The Libertine from 2004, starring Johnny Depp. Who directed this? Lawrence Dunmore. Okay. And and he's done, like, nothing else. Well, which, of course. Like, looking at this movie, I, you don't yes, blame it's him. not surprising. And, like, uh, yeah, it's so... So, Johnny Depp plays uh, the Earl of Rochester, and he's this very debauched libertine, as you'd guess from the title. Um, and yeah, it just go like he like writes a lot of stuff about uh, you know like like his whole philosophy is just drink and have sex, and that's pretty much it. But he's also, you know, kind of a poet, too, so whatever. And then for some reason, Charles II is like, hey, you are probably the greatest writer in the country. I want you to do this super spectacular thing that's really going to impress the French ambassador because I need money, man. And so, of course, Johnny Depp writes this, you know, obvious this thing that's obviously alluding to Charles and there's like... 
you know, 10 or 15 dildos in this one scene. And like, (laughs) and like during the performance, like they hand out dildos to everybody in the audience, including the King and dildos made out of wood. Oh, um, and yeah, so interesting question. Yeah, well, and, I mean, it's this like the 1600s, right? Or something? yeah, six, 1660 some odd. They didn't have plastic yet. Yeah, um, rubber. Oh, so yeah. you, 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 <laughs> what they make dildos yeah. out of? Rubber. And he's also like John teaching. Bonnet. He's like teaching this one girl like how to be a better actress, and then she goes off and becomes a great actress, and he's kind of forgotten about. And like you know, he catches syphilis, and you know his you know. His story continues on. And Sounds he, great. Why don't you like this movie? Because it's terrible. It's boring. It looks awful too. Like half the shot time, digitally, isn't it? I think, but like it looks, it looks like I don't know if it's shot digitally. I feel like they must have done some. They must have like put some kind of filter on it to like make it look grainy. Because like it makes might have, uh, it makes the film stock of the French Connection look really clean. I, uh, let me let me say that. Um, well, they might have like transferred it to film. And so it's, they do in, it's Julian, entirely Julian possible. Donkey Boy, they okay. transferred the DV to uh, 16 and then blew it up to 35. Maybe. Um, but yeah, uh, like, I don't know. It felt like they were trying to remake Quills, but Quills was just better acted, better story, had, you know, some actual funny lines. Plus, Samantha Morton is no Kate Winslet. Am I right? She is not. Acting or bust. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> acting or bust. Yeah. Well, come on, guys. I like the, 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 fir- the first big thing that Kate Winslet is known for is Titanic, and she's naked in the movie. She is phenomenal in that. Just gorgeous. Yeah, but she she does a better acting job in Heavenly Creatures, in my opinion. Oh, I like both those actresses. I think they're both really good. Okay. I don't know what else. Um, what else there was also... Um, I think she was in Jesus' Son, wasn't she? I don't know. Is she? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Um, she was good in that. Also, uh, at one point, I thought that uh, my pick for what would have been my pick for this week might have been the movie Rubber. I'm glad I didn't pick this one because this was also like so pretentious and boring and just. Oh, Samantha Morton is in uh, she's in Minority Report. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, She plays the precog. Oh, right, right, right. That's right. Yeah, she's... No, I like her. Yeah, she's okay. good. All right. You get, you so another, rubber was pretentious drivel. Oh, yeah. It was pretentious drivel. Okay. Any any other thoughts on that? Why, uh, why was it pretentious? Well, first of all, the first scene in the movie is a sheriff who you see later on. Like, he's driving this car through this lane in the desert and he's just knocking over chairs that have no reason to be there. And then he gets out and goes, you know, why does such and such happen? No reason. Why does this happen? No reason. People just won't accept. There's no reason for things to happen. Is he talking to the camera? He's talking to, he's addressing the audience. And so then like, you know, the movie rubber is about this sentient tire named Robert who can blow people's heads up. Sounds awesome. Yeah. You would think so. And, and But there are also, like, people who are watching it out in the desert. They're watching it as if it's a movie, but they're actually in the movie, sort of. And, you know, uh, it's just... That's where the pretension creaks in. It, yeah, it's just terribly cobbled together. All right. 
Yeah. John? I, uh, after Gattaca, watched, um, did a double bill of Ethan Hawke movies, uh, Reality Bites and Hamlet. All right. Uh, rewatched Reality Bites. It's really good. Uh, yeah. It's, like, pretty funny. And uh, speaking of women, just Winona Ryder. <laughs> <laughs> she wears this dress towards the end. Oh my god! But uh, anyway, uh, yeah, she's she's really good in it too. Actually, yeah. I think it's probably her best performance. And uh, Ben Stiller, Ben Stiller is in it. And uh, didn't he direct that one? He did. Yeah, he okay. And uh, she's in it. And Ethan Hawke is in it. And mm. Steve Zahn and Janine Garofalo and oh. Andy Dick has a cameo. All the nineties people, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. it's uh, it's pretty solid. Uh, Joe Don Baker plays. Uh, mm plays Winona Ryder's dad which is pretty cool uh yeah. he's got a couple of scenes and uh yeah it's just good you know it's just like one of these great uh it's like what what singles should have been singles is like a huge pile of shit and this movie is really really great and that's you know it's just like the it's the answer to singles singles is horrible and it's so inauthentic and lame and boring and it feels like it feels like the actors in it are like 10 years too old to be playing who they're playing and Reality Bites is just really real, man. But Cameron really Crowe wanted it to be a real reflection of Seattle at the time, Jeez, man. It, I, I didn't live in Seattle in, in the 90s, but I, I can't imagine that it was like this, uh, that it was like that movie. I didn't hate singles, but I hated it. it's... Uh, <laughs> I wouldn't call it great by any measure. I can, it's terrible. I can, I can picture John's favorite scene in singles, like mm-hmm. bar none. I'm sure that you just absolutely love when Matt Dillon's playing guitar next to Jimi Hendrix's gravestone. I honestly don't remember that. But <laughs> I, I, I remember you. that. that was that's, like, that's pretty lame. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing yeah. like that in this movie. This movie uh, is, you know, it's just a lot. It's not taking itself too seriously. You know, mm. it's just kind of like a fun movie about uh, these people who are young and don't know what they're doing with life. And it's uh, the only parts I had problems with were like, but <laughs> honestly, it's kind of funny, too. Uh, I don't think it's supposed to be, but it's like Ethan Hawke is like he's like obsessed with philosophy, so he's always like <laughs> reading philosophy books. And like, there's one scene where Winona Ryder comes to him at this diner, and she's like trying to talk to him, and he's not having it. And he's reading uh, Martin Heidegger's Being in Time, which is like a like a tome of like it's just so impossible to get like to get anything out of that reading it at a diner like it's just absurd. <laughs> like nobody reads that book for fun. It's just you know it's just weird, mm-hmm. and uh, it just feels really like. Well, he's got to be reading something philosophical. Let's just go to the philosophy section at the bookstore Throw and buy that him something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but um, it's uh, but you know, aside from that, I mean, I think that there's a lot of uh, to be said about his character being like a kind of uh, pretentious. He doesn't really, you know, he's he, yeah, he's into philosophy, like a wannabe. He's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's kind mm. of a jerk off, you know. And also, the, I guess the biggest problem I have with it really is like plot wise is that um, spoiler, like he wins Winona Ryder's heart at the end. Mm-hmm. And it feels like Ben Stiller is like the much better choice. Like he's a nicer person and he's got money and he's like yeah. stable, but she doesn't want that. She wants this, you know, she wants the passion and the, yeah, yeah. and it's like, this guy's like, Ethan Hawke's such a loser in this movie. <laughs> and it's just like, <laughs> and he's such a dick. He like, he's just constantly insulting her and everybody around her. He's just a, he's the worst, but I remember feeling I feel that like way that's, too. Yeah. I feel like that's actually it. kind of interesting though. Like coming out of like the eighties and the John Hughes tradition mm-hmm. where like, you know, someone's like really looking at one particular person throughout the whole movie. And then they end up getting with their best friend who everyone's been rooting for them to get together in the, yeah. you know, the entire movie. Yeah. It's, it's so, reality, man. The chicks always bites. go with the dick. It bites. 
I watched Hamlet, directed by Michael Almereda, Almereda, uh, and uh, it's like a modern retelling of Hamlet, set in New York City, and like Denmark is like a corporation in New York City that his father was the head of. His father's played by Sam Shepard, mm. but um, doesn't he do a soliloquy in a blockbuster? Yes, that's the same film. Okay, yeah, I don't. Uh, yeah, he the to be or not to be yeah, speech yeah, yeah. he does in, the, in a blockbuster. Uh, I'm not. I hear a lot about that. I'm not really sure why that's like a relevant topic of conversation, other than the fact that's that like the only thing exist. that sticks out in my head. Like I was yeah, trying I to make sure this is the adaptation. I was no, I mean, about. but uh, people talk about that scene like it's some kind of like ridiculous. I mean, it's just in the film he's like obsessed with movies. Yeah, so it makes okay. sense. So it's like he would be and he'd be in a blockbuster like. Where else would you be in the year two thousand if you're obsessed with movies? Yeah, but um, and, and he's, he's like, a, and he's a filmmaker, so he's like making movies with his. Uh, he's got a Fisher Price uh, Pixel Pixelmatic or whatever, same kind of camera they shot. They shot part of Slacker with it, but anyway, uh, yeah. um, it shoots on audio cassette, but it makes visual. It's weird, uh, but mm. uh, you know, it's it's not great. It's certainly not. It's like nothing compared to like you know Lerman's Romeo and Juliet. I think. I, I'm I'm in I don't know how people feel about that movie. I, I think it's a masterpiece. I love it. Uh but I and I think it's like what it's the thing that made me like Shakespeare because before I saw that I was certainly one of these people hey, weird. I don't understand what they're saying. Yeah. <laughs> but uh but I you know, you watch that movie enough and you just really it's just I don't know, I get everything now and it's great. And uh Hamlet, I feel like if I watched more versions of Hamlet, and then maybe like rewatch this one. I might like it more because it was, uh, parts of it were hard to follow. But um, just because I'd never really, I've never read Hamlet, and I've never yeah. seen another version of Hamlet, so I don't know. It's probably well, one that's of the, the thing hardest, about Hamlet. Uh, I know what I know what the story is about. I know where it's going, but I yeah. don't know. Like I don't know the because like, he's using the tr- like the traditional yeah they speak using the text the original text yeah. so they're you know get the to a nunnery and all that. yeah yeah it's well, probably the hardest play of his to get into or like or to yeah. decipher well from what I understand like that was like a choice that Shakespeare made to make it kind of incomprehensible in parts that's kind of like a theme of, I don't know I'm of, not a Shakespeare yeah, yeah. scholar but my brother took a Shakespeare class and that's what he said <laughs> that's <laughs> so, what he said. Well, I was going to ask you, which one came first, Romeo and Juliet or Hamlet? Juliet, Romeo and Juliet. Yeah, because yeah, that was ninety six, mm-hmm. seven. 96. So I think like some yeah. of the some of the critique, I guess, of Hamlet could be that like he's already done this. You well, know I don't I mean? think that they're comparable mm. in that way because uh, Hamlet is set in our reality, in which like the Lion King is a is on Broadway and. There's a blockbuster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Romeo and Juliet's set in a fictional place called Verona where it looks like, you know, it's like Sao Paulo, Brazil or whatever. And mm-hmm. it's like a beach community and everybody wears guns. And, I mean, it's like it's not the same at all. It's like an alternate reality. Mm. But, I mean. You could still say it's modern. It's though. modern. Yeah, it's modern. But, I mean, other than that, I don't. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Hamlet's not trying to do what they're trying to do at all, okay. uh, in my opinion. Uh, but they are, except for the fact that they're modernizing it. Mm. But uh, I, I really like Sam Shepard in it a lot. Uh, he plays the you know ghost of the father, and he's only in it for like two scenes, but he's really good in those scenes, mm. and uh, very understated. And I really liked Bill Murray, who plays Polonius in it. He's great in it, and uh, I was worried because when he first starts talking, it's like this is weird. Bill yeah, Murray Bill Murray talking. Oh wow, yeah. But uh, he he really pulls it off. He plays uh, like I say, Polonius. He's uh, Julia Stiles' dad, mm. and uh, 
Yeah, it's all right. Uh, I think the biggest problem I had with it was uh, the violence in it is pretty ridiculous. And, like, it's, like, I don't know if I would say it's over the top. It's just not realistic. And, like, the blood is really bright red. And that kind of stuff bothers me. So. Uh. Oh, Kyle MacLachlan's in it, too. He's really great, too. He plays oh. the king's brother who's become king. Ethan Hawke. Interesting. Slick back hair. I don't like Ethan Hawke a lot in it, to be honest. I think he's kind of uh, goofy-looking, and uh, he's a little he's a little uh, into it, too into it. You he's know? wearing, uh, like, the black turtlenecks and stuff. Like, if we say that uh, Bill Murray, or uh, Sham Shepard is... Uh, understated. understated. He's the over. He's overstated. He's <laughs> ah. he's going too far with it. Like he's really like losing control. And I, I don't. I don't love his performance. But I. I think he's great in uh, Reality Bites and Training Day. Could say that's kind of <laughs> built into the character of Hamlet, though. I mean, I guess I've never seen anybody else play Hamlet, so I really don't have a a way to judge him against other actors. I just think his performance isn't that great. Yeah, because like for, through a lot of it, Hamlet is supposed to be like feigning. Um, madness mm-hmm. and sa- and madness and sadness. So he's like acting really manic through most of it to confuse the people who are looking at him. Yeah, I'm not sure I got much of that. Uh, okay. They do say that he's mad a lot, but yeah. uh, he's Why just kind of mad? like mm. he's just really like I don't know. He's just like really like over emotional and mm. and Julia Stiles too. Like she's not very good at it, but. Um, mm. You know, I think overall it's solid enough. I'd watch it again at some point in the distant future. Okay. David uh, Boslerman? Say what? Which uh, Boslerman? Romeo, Romeo and Juliet. Juliet. Yeah. I don't, I don't even, I don't, it's, do I, <clears throat> do I like another Boslerman film? Great Gatsby's okay. The rest of them are, yeah. well, I've only ever seen. Romeo and Juliet. Let's I, say. Oh, well, I'll talk about Australia during our feedback segment, but. <laughs> you walked out. We'll see. All right, so moving on to our deep dive of Gattaca from 1997, directed by Andrew Nichol. Andrew Nichol. All right, Kevin, we're going to start with you. Give us uh, your review and kind of tell us why you picked this. Starring Ethan Hawke and Starring Uma Thurman. Ethan Hawke yeah, yeah, yeah. and Uma Thurman Jude and Long. Alan Arkin, Gore Vidal, Elias Cotillas. Um, who else? You're missing one big Xander one. Xander Berkeley. No, you're missing another one. Ernest Borgnine. That's Borgnine, it. Yeah. yeah, Ernest Borgnine. Oh, well, also um, Jeffrey Wright is apparently in it somewhere. Jeffrey, really? Yeah, I don't know where, but they say he's like it's like he's like lab technician two or something. So he's like oh. in the background of some scene. <laughs> okay, <laughs> well, uh, give us a brief synopsis and then tell us kind of why you picked this okay. for uh, so, our deep dive. So in this not too distant future, <clears throat> uh, parents have the option to have their kids born with, um. All of the genetic benefits that they maybe didn't have so they can have fantastic eyesight, uh, no risk of any kind of cancers or heart disease, that kind of thing. Um, So Ethan Hawke is born natural and then his brother is born in the, um, the new way. So Ethan Hawke has a dream of getting into space, but he knows that he can't do it without this perfect genetic makeup. So he decides to follow his dream regardless. And by person, stealing by, the identity yeah. of another man. Yeah, yeah. Yes. 
All right. So uh, why did you pick this for our deep dive? I picked it because a couple of couple of the things uh, in you know the like um, the questions that Blade Runner raises about like genetics and uh, technology mm-hmm. and how that influences society and et cetera, et cetera. And also I hadn't seen it in a long time, so I thought it would be worth watching again. And neither of you neither guys had seen, seen it, it. So another reason you, why you picked it. I don't know if you remember, we're talking about the book I've been reading red rising, which is oh, similar. That's, yeah. Yeah. This yeah. is actually what brought it to your mind. I think. Yes. Yes. It's a sci-fi novel where a guy, uh, impersonates another, uh, race or, or superior mm. genetically altered humans. So, right. And uh, it's uh, unlike Gattaca. <laughs> it's I, an amazing. Well, Gattaca's well, not but, a book, but the book is amazing. I would highly recommend it by Pierce Brown. I just had what's the name of the book? Red Rising, and okay. it's a sci-fi trilogy. Okay. So if you're into like action-packed, really compelling, um, awesome sci-fi, go check it out. Cool. All right, so give us your uh, your breakdown of Gattaca, your review. So the first time I saw this movie was. Probably in middle school in a science class because because huh. there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff about obviously a lot of stuff about genetics in the movie even just the name Gattaca it's you know the um, the DNA DNA strands. DNA strands and the the phrase borrowed ladder as in like strand of DNA. Mm-hmm. And all that kind Jude of stuff. Law's spiral staircase is like a double helix. Yes, yeah. yes. Clever. And uh, supposedly, like um, supposedly in Gattaca, like there are no uh, corners. So like no you know, corners, no corners. Like uh, like it's all like smooth, uh, right? round, rounded off edges, that kind of thing. Um. So know you know, that. like you can't hide from your genetics. Uh, that was what my science teacher told us. Uh, you believe him? Your science teacher was the coolest. She's like letting you watch. She actually was. Yeah. She actually was. Seems like a cop out. Like, oh, this movie's about science. Let's watch this. I don't want to well, It's like when we watch Mask of Zorro in Spanish class. Yeah. <laughs> Did you do that? Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, like she actually like brought it back. Like you know, like what is it? What does this say about genetics? Uh, you know, did you get this? Did you get that? Et cetera, et cetera. So you know, she didn't just put it on and be like, okay, whatever. Next week we're gonna watch Geostorm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Weather. <patterns>. Well, <laughs> we did watch Don. Tay's peak in that there class, you so go. there you go. Actually, the water changes to acid in that, right? Well, it's like it's a big science. That's chemistry, right? Well, it's like uh, it boils it, or like there's like sulfur or yeah, something. Somehow some, it turns some into kind of acid. chemical in the water. And then you watched <laughs> Hard Rain with Christian Slater, no Morgan Freeman. No, no. we didn't. Ah, missed that. <laughs> you missed out. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so, yeah, so watching the movie again, I was not, uh, as impressed as I thought I might be. Uh, yeah, some of the stuff is still interesting, but overall the story I feel like was, uh, it's like we were talking about last time with Blade Runner, like, uh, like the original Blade Runner is very, you know, show, don't tell, uh, in like Gattaca tells a little too much. I wouldn't say it's condescending about it, but it's very like, hey, guys, we're doing science, Um, especially with Ethan Hawke's narration through through. Uh, at the beginning, good, yeah, the narration is part of it. Brutal. It's brutal. It is brutal. That's, like that was my biggest problem. It is. With it is films. so un, unnaturalistic. Like, like the movie is set in Los Angeles, and it's like okay, like you've got like a good you know, 
broad range of L.A. noir to draw from. So, like, you know, it's like, why didn't you have Ethan Hawke do it in, like, a similar style, you know, like... Uh, like Fred McMurray in um, Double Indemnity well, or something like that. That's not even the biggest problem, though, is, like, why even have them do it in the first well, place? Y- yeah, why, why? They're explaining things that they're showing on screen happening. Like, yeah. It's like, every day I have to burn my clothes. And it shows him burning his clothes. It's like, yeah, like yeah. I, well, why, even, why are you telling this? me? Yeah. Even, even later on when uh, Lauren Dean, uh, Anton, um, Ethan brother. Hawke's brother, yeah. is talking to Alan Arkin, like, it's like, I think I think we have an imposter on our hands. You mean a borrowed ladder? It's like, you know, the beginning of the movie wasn't that long ago. We remember the phrase "borrowed ladder." Well, <sighs> that that's just like a moment of dialogue where he's like clarifying what you're talking about. I mean, I, I guess I, like, for, me, for, for me, for me, it was audience. the delivery. That's exposition yeah. for the audience. But I mean, I and I don't like that either. But I I think that like coming up with those kind of like terms like that are pretty lame anyway. Like to yeah, say imposter, I mean, like what's the problem? I don't like. I, I mean, uh, just I mean, I'll, I'll go ahead and say I didn't yeah. like this movie. Very much. <laughs> I, 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 but watching uh, it again, I was like, yeah, I didn't hate it. Mm, yeah. I didn't hate it, but okay. I, I just didn't like it very much. And uh, I guess my biggest problem with it is, uh, like, I don't like. What are the stakes here? Like, what's the bit? Like, what happens if he gets caught doing yeah. what he's doing? He's going to get fired. Like, he'll have to be a janitor again. Like, they act like, like this idea of, That's like, I, I, when I was watching this movie, when I was, before I watched this movie, I was thinking, oh, this is going to be, like, Soylent Green or something, where they're going to have, like, chasing him through the city, and they're going to, like, kill him if they find out that he's, like, genetically inferior. Right. But it's not. It's just, like, it's illegal to discriminate against genetically inferior people. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, oh, this is lame. Like, what's the point? Yeah, then? so, so he'll be fired. Well, I guess he might be, a, he'll, he'll probably be arrested because he's borrowing somebody else. Sure, but I mean, somebody like, won't get to somebody else's genetic strength. makeup. Ooh. Ooh. Like no, a you, Disney that's, movie. That's a good point. But right. also, but like that was, that was a big part. That was a big problem I had with the murder mystery that's in this movie. It's like, okay, like you just, like we don't see the guy who's murdered. Mm. Like they talk about him like, oh, he wasn't very popular, et cetera, et cetera. But like, so so some so someone just kills him because he's unpopular like you know there I feel like like the motivations for the killing I didn't feel like were well, were that were that strong well the, the, um, well I mean obviously we're going to spoil everything about this movie so if you haven't seen it turn off the episode but <laughs> I mean they explain the motivations at the end I don't feel like the, there's a mystery as to like who killed him, so they don't know the motive. So I don't feel like it's lacking. In I think that they're just department. trying to show you that everybody had a motive because everybody hates him. Yeah. yeah. Well. Well. Also, I feel like too, like the murder mystery is like a just a plot device to have them. You know. So now we have to see like why he's got all the blood and urine uh, samples, all of the skin and hair, because you know he, now he's like constantly having to prove his identity and I'll, I'll go ahead and say it like, uh, you know, like the fact that they have Jude, like, so the, so Ethan Hawke is borrowing Jude Law's genetic makeup. And at no point in the movie, do they, does somebody look up at Ethan Hawke and think this isn't Jude, this isn't Jude Law's face, you know, like at, 
Well, they make that picture like he's looking at such a weird angle. It's like that kind of like, yeah, you can like compos- yeah. picture or whatever. They composited it. Like there's no way that's a picture of just Jude Law. Like it looks yeah. too much and like, like Ethan Hawk. But yeah, and like uh, and like apparently, you know, they can go to like space like every week, but they can't have like an enhanced picture of someone <laughs> on, on on a mobile device. I don't, like at least have something like uh, you know some kind of plastic surgery deal or something you know like face off yeah face off should really a better faces a, with them yeah a same, better movie same year isn't it yeah same I think so yeah ninety seven I guess they couldn't do that yeah so uh, I I, uh, yeah. I will agree with you though about the murder mystery thing is like in the end like the motive was. Like, I didn't feel like the setup, like, the mystery of it was lacking with them saying, like, oh, this guy was unpopular. But mm-hmm. when they revealed that it was the director and he killed yeah. him because, like, he was going to stop his launch, I was like, eh, this is kind of weak, like, a yeah, weak very, reveal. Very weak. And then takes, like, a real backseat to what was going on in also, the foreground like, with yeah. Ethan Hawke. Because, yeah, like, like I'd guy, much rather if it was, like, Uma Thurman and she had some more, yeah. like, mysterious yeah, for sure. yeah, thing yeah. about her. Because her character just kind of falls away at the end. Like, where did she go? Like, yeah. what was the point of their romance or relationship anyway like yeah. she just kind of disappears and the movie keeps going yeah the way that uh the fellow was uh killed he looked like a manson victim and for then real and like, then they show does, the murder weapon as a keyboard that? yeah it's like he beat, <laughs> yeah, he beat him with a, with a keyboard. plastic keyboard yeah it looks like he's been like bashed with a boulder i mean yeah yeah and then like also too like the way they find out that it's the director oh it's because he spit in the director's and he spit in this guy's eye. Mm-hmm. Really? <laughs> well, that's like, just like one of many like ridiculous <laughs> loopholes in this like whole idea of ge- yeah. genetic uh, imaging and stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. He, he okay. <laughs> it's also He's, very convenient that he just happens to find the spit in the eye like right when they're about to catch. Yeah, Ethan Hawk. yeah. He's like, oh wait, never mind. Don't worry about him. Well, not, to, not to mention the fact that, like, his brother has been in the room with Ethan Hawke several times, but somehow he never quite gets a l- glimpse at his face. Yeah, that whole reveal, like, the twist, like, the detective was his brother was like, eh, I don't know. And then they, uh, like, they reveal. coming, like, an hour before it happened. Like, I the did. first time you saw the detective, I was like, oh, this is his brother. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, I didn't. Like, I, didn't, I, didn't I mean, I knew that it. it was coming, but like I hadn't seen the movie in like years. But like, yeah, like the way he like looks up, stops everything that he's doing, like um, he's looking at my, the two pictures side by side, and yeah, then, yeah, yeah, it's like obviously, why, why is yeah. he looking at that guy's picture? He's yeah, I didn't really get <laughs> then it. He yells until after he him walked down into the room. With him. <laughs> he yells after him down the, uh, the yeah. <laughs> I thought, that was, I thought that was a great moment in the alleyway when they're chasing him, and so they like they're hiding. But then it just like there's the a lot of ch- the, there's a lot of tension. The chase, the chase quote unquote. <laughs> well, like there, you know, I, unlike you, John, I felt like that's a good point you made about the stakes. Like Thank there, you. there are no mm. stakes really. Mm. But I did feel for him. Like I felt like it was a good thriller or suspense where I'm like on the edge of my seat. Are they going to catch him? Are they not? You know. So I felt like they they built that up. You know, pretty pretty good. But then that moment where you know they're they're about to catch him, where there's about to be like this real you know thrilling chase or whatever. He just mm. hides in the alleyway. Then they start kissing and like they <laughs> yeah. go off and you know they, have sex they in her bang room in her or wicked apartment, beachside apartment, upside yeah. down. Apparently. Yeah, but that just totally like took you know took the legs out of it for me. I was just like, oh, well. This- speaking of uh, 
suspense, I think it's not. I, I disagree. I don't think it's suspenseful at all. I think it, it builds suspense in really goofy ways. Like, yeah, the, I, like the scenes, the two scenes specifically where it tries to build suspense is the scene when he's... Uh, he's got to climb up the ladder? Just let me okay. talk, for God's sake. Sorry. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> where uh, they're doing random traffic stops, and he has to pull his contacts yeah. out. And then later she wants him to run across traffic. Oh, yeah. And it's just like, that this is this is supposed to be like, oh, my God, he might die. Like, what are you doing? Like, why did he throw away his contacts? Just put them in your pocket. Put them back in after. Yeah. And she's like... Your eyes look different. Must be the light. Yeah. <laughs> like, what a, what a goofy, <laughs> stupid line. And then the other one was even worse is when uh, he calls Jude Law and Jude Law has to throw himself out of his wheelchair and crawl up the stairs. Yeah. Yeah. Which is like really just, I was laughing. It's really funny. It's just like, he's, he's, it's so bad. And Jude Law is terrible in this. Like, I uh, like Jude Law a lot. He's awful. I didn't think movie. he was bad. He's so bad. He's so We re- must get drunk immediately. Goofy. I can't stand him. And uh, the way he commits suicide. Oh yeah. Who commits suicide by burning themselves to death? Yeah, that was stupid. <laughs> like the I worst agree. possible way to And then it just kind of again takes the whole legs out of his character like Oh, what's oh, the- oh, literally. Oh, literally. Oh, <laughs> you oh. <laughs> um you yeah, bad boy. Because at that point, it's like, well, okay, he commits suicide, whatever. Like, yeah. why do, like, what was the point? Like, who that cares? Was a, yeah, like, and, like, they have that one scene where it's like they're, you know, sort of like, a, sort of like trying to establish, like, by now that they've had this bromance. Mm. But it's like, no. Like, you, you could have, like, you could have. I only lent you my body. You lent me your dream. <laughs> <laughs> That's my Jude Law. <laughs> How has no one noticed Ethan Hawke's teeth in this world? He's supposed to be genetically Good. superior, but his That's teeth are true. fucked up. I'm like, <laughs> I don't understand how nobody has noticed this. Yeah. In this, they look at him every day and they're like, he's one of our best. He's, oh my God, he's like yeah, got yeah. the yeah. heart of a racing Rome, horse. Rome, the metronome. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, but yeah. Yeah, his teeth are just like. <laughs> Xander Berkeley I really sure they were teeth are like Billy Corgan's teeth. Like, yeah. they're awful. <laughs> He could play Billy Corgan in yeah, a biopic. He should. Shave, Shave his, his head. head yeah. yeah. It's close to it. Yeah, I thought for sure they would fix that, like, in the whole, like, fixing him up. If this movie were right now and they cast him, they would, like, CG his teeth to make to make them look Yeah, better. yeah. He hadn't fixed his teeth yet? No. He still got messed up teeth? Yeah. Come on, Ethan. Yeah. Dude. He's You're Ethan not British. You have no excuse. one of excuse. his things. <laughs> That's, like, his thing, man. It's like it's like Owen Wilson. We'll never fix It's like nose. Tom Cruise's nose, yeah. Owen Wilson. Or, yeah, Owen Wilson, better Tom example. Owen Wilson's nose doesn't look bad. Yeah, dude. No. He, yeah, had, dude. he had messed up teeth. He fixed them. Oh, well, yeah, he did. Yeah, but that was like, he fixed them when he was like 20. Yeah. That's different. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, the science about, you know, the whole like genetic um, yeah. plot point of the film. I thought that's a very like dated controversy. Like maybe for 97, it was like a, yeah. a think piece or a hot topic or whatever. But now it's just kind of like feels like a silly sci-fi movie. At the beginning, when he was scrubbing mm. himself in the room, yeah, I was like, "This is cool. This is like how they take showers in the future. Like they just scrub themselves dry, and like there's a steam thing that comes out." But it's like, no, he's just scrubbing all the dead cells off, so they won't notice. <laughs> it's like, what? It was so boring. Like, right. there's no way that's so un un uh, feasible. Like, how would you do that? Like, you're gonna scrub off all of your dead cells every day of your life. And I love how his complexion is just beautiful, even though he's scrubbing himself down yeah. every day with like sandpaper to get the. <laughs> That nah, didn't bother. He him. has like red the, all over, yeah. and he has like the little vial of skin cells yeah. that he like puts in the keyboard. Puts in the keyboard. That didn't bother me so much as the the after they after they make love in her you know water jacuzzi or um, you know her weird bedroom or whatever with the waves coming through the windows. 
then he go like then he wakes up and realizes oh my DNA. He grabs a rock. He, gra- he goes yeah. to, naked to the beach and scrubs himself on the beach. I laugh. Like that yeah. was the worst it's scene. It's of like, the dude, film. like you have sand, like, dude. You just, just use the sand. You just had sex with this lady. Your DNA is all over her, all over the bed. There's no inside of her. Yeah, like there's <laughs> no way you're gonna run to the beach and scrub yourself naked, like as you're naked on the beach with yeah, a rock. Like, like that was stupid. The stupidest plot point. They should have went somewhere with that. Like, oh, well, now like I have to yeah. bring her in because like. You know, there's he no way. Have I, worn you like know. a like a skin tight plastic, like all over his body, yeah. and it was like skin tone, that so nobody would know. <laughs> yeah, Jude Law skin, maybe. Yeah, skin Jude, Jude Law. Law skin. He's gonna burn himself in the end anyway. This this movie is so far in the future that everybody has an electric car. It's like it's like uh, retro futuristic. There's <laughs> yeah. there's this technology that can read your blood instantly to let you into somewhere. Yeah, and yet. They can't fix his legs. Like, give me a break. Like, they, I mean, they're, they're fixing people's legs now. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking of the technology, it was really distracting. Like, you know, it's set far in the future, but it feels very 90s when you've got, like, this big Magnavox TV showing oh, them brutal, the, yeah. Yeah. This, the dated no CGI. No flat screens at all. Yeah, yeah. 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 And, like their, like, their handheld thing with, like, the screen that's, like, two inches big and it's black and white. Yeah. It's, like, LCD or it's something. horrible looking. It, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it had like some. Good I hate to design. say it. I'm gonna have to down. I'm After gonna have to down. You changing your mind? Like I'm Jordan changing. over here, man. What are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> well, like now I'm like sitting here like. What was what good do about I like it? about yeah. the movie? I mean, I'll say I didn't. I like hate, Alan Arkin. I didn't hate. <laughs> a, I didn't hate watching funny. it. I thought yeah. it was like fun enough to watch. I mean, I don't. Yeah, it's yeah. not something I'd watch again anytime soon, and yeah. I, I certainly don't like it very much. But I mean. You know, it's like goofy, fun sci-fi. Yeah, late, I, late '90s sci-fi. Like so, I said uh, earlier, the, my biggest problem was the voiceovers. I felt like if it was just like mm. directed differently, like again, showing instead of telling, and just well, it was like, the guy's first movie, yeah, so I guess yeah, you know, that's true. I'll but, say but that. that I'll like, say you know, that Andrew Nichols' direction is not bad, and as yeah. far as he goes, I'd say it's probably his best movie. I feel like it could have been like cut <laughs> you mean, out. You don't like the host? I hated the host. Hmm. I feel like if you cut out that voiceover, it would still work fine, and it would be a lot better of a movie. Yeah, like they just, just need to do a director's cut like Blade Runner, just cut have out. Have you seen The Host? No. Have you I've seen, seen The Host, yeah. I saw it in the theater. Uh, I met uh, William Hurt. He was, they shot it here, you know, parts oh, of it. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah. He was here, and I met him while he was shooting it. You pretty, mean, pretty, oh, I, oh, and also <laughs> Frances Fisher is in it, too, and I met her and was very rude to her. I didn't realize who it was. Hmm. I was. I was at Fresh Market when I worked there, and she was buying chicken, and I was just, like, really, like, not having Frances it. Frances Fisher? Yeah, uh, the mother from Titanic, uh, Kate Winslet's mother in Titanic. Oh. That was just pretty still, rough. Yeah. yeah. Not very good. The host was awful. Awful. Mm. I thought the design of the film overall looked, you know, other other than some of those, like, dated 90s aspects of it. I yeah, thought yeah, yeah. Some of the architecture that they captured was yeah, interesting. Yeah. Um, I like the idea of their cars being, like, retro cars, but they're all electric. I thought that was yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, like that plugged, was pretty cool. He plugs it up. Well, like, just so they, they don't have any, like, engine noise. Like, mm-hmm. when they're driving around. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. One other thing that was really rough, the uh, when he finally realizes his brother coming after him is like immediately, let's go play chicken to, to decide. That was brutal. Know? That too, was yeah. brutal. That was my least favorite part of the whole movie. Yeah. yeah. Also, like suddenly. that that first scene. I'll do it right now. <laughs> yeah, let's go. <laughs> yeah, and then they just uh, they're at, at, the, at beach. the beach running around naked into the water. Yeah, <laughs> and I love how he's like, Vincent. It's like you ready to turn back? 
no. Yeah, <laughs> like, that, that guy's <laughs> bad in this movie. I don't know who that is. I did kind of like. The yeah, dialogue, I don't think he's though, done where, anything uh, big. Uh, I did kind of like the some of the dialogue. You know, like it had some sharp dialogue. Some of it was pretty cheesy. <laughs> but like uh, at that scene, even though I hated that they just like went immediately to the game of chicken. Then uh, he asked him like, "How'd you do it?" or whatever. How, you know, how do you do this? Like, how are you uh, out? You know, beating me in this game of chicken or whatever. And he's like, "You want to know how I did it? This is how I did it, Anton." I never saved anything for the swim back. Thought that was all right. You know? yeah, yeah. So, uh, what do you guys think about the dick jokes? I hated the when Xander Berkeley's like has to comment about how good his dick looks. I was yeah. like, what? Oh, what is yeah. the point of that? that well, there's like it feels like Ethan Hawke wrote that scene. You know, well, there's there's that, and then when Uma Thurman well, goes and like uh, genetic types him like uh, nine point something, quite a catch or however long his dick and is. And then at the very end, where oh, he's I like, didn't know they were talking about his penis there. I thought they were saying like he's like nine point. Yeah, like, me out too. Of 10 or like out of ten, he's a nine. or something. I, Well, that could be, but I. I get the feeling they're talking about. Well, at the end too, where he's like, uh, "Guys are right-handed; don't hold it with the left." Oh yeah, yeah. But then I started thinking, like, how has I he... hold it with my left? That's what I started thinking. <laughs> but I... Well, no, yeah, actually... I was gonna say, like, no, I was gonna say, how has he like, you know, had to urinate in a cup for this guy with the urine pouch? But he's got the urine around pouch his leg. the whole time. Yeah, which made me think, what about in the beginning where he says, like, "That's a nice piece of equipment." Maybe he's, he's talking he's about running the urine the pouch. Urine pouch underneath his dick i mean and then the, it looks like it's coming out of his oh, dick. Okay. Right. i thought he just had it like in his hand and he was like like the the tube was like well coming. the tube it's attached to his leg okay so it's like yeah they show, yeah, they show him snapping onto his leg at the beginning yeah, yeah, yeah. it's a common thing for uh druggies you know when they need to pass their urine test oh. bring that clean urine in a pouch Guess I just haven't been down that road before. So I really hated the part where uh, well, they were like, "We're just gonna have to blood test everybody," and I was like, "Okay, how's this would be interesting? How's he gonna get out of this?" And he's like, "Ow!" Oh, <laughs> just switches, switches the vial. What are you out of practice? So lame. It's like that's yeah. the lamest. Like, like, I didn't really have a problem with that. Up with something interesting. Like I thought. I thought. There well, were also good too, moments. like like he's still like you know like. Like, you know, he's got maybe like half an inch in the vial. And then, and then all of a like sudden a he's got a full vial, vial of yeah. blood. Yeah. It makes you think that looking back is like, was the doctor in on it the whole time? Well, apparently he was. Well, he's like, cool with it at the yeah, end. Yeah, he's cool yeah. with it at the end. So maybe like throughout all that he was yeah. into it. I would have liked to have seen him go to Titan. That would yeah. have been cool, actually. Biggest problem, like, all right, the suicide Well, I guess they didn't stuff, have a budget the, for... The chicken like, stuff. But like, yeah, the biggest problem with for me the ending and that voiceover was like, oh, I, uh, maybe I'm not leaving. I'm going home. And then yeah, he just goes off into space and it ends. It's like what? Like, what? yeah, lame. Yeah, star ratings. Star ratings. You already gave it a three, right? But you're gonna downgrade. Kevin? Uh, okay, Jordan. No, I'll, I'll stick. <laughs> Am I right, Jordan? <laughs> Kevin's the new Jordan. <laughs> I had a process became Mrs. Miller, man. <laughs> He hadn't processed Gattaca, clearly. <laughs> yeah. Hey, this is why we're here, to help help work through it. That's right. My rating That's didn't right. change. <laughs> Mine either. All right, so what do you got? Uh, it's okay to like it. I'll, I'll, I'll stick with the There three. you go. Stick with the three. boy. 2.5. Good evening, ladies Two. and gentlemen. I am your detective for the, for the evening. Please do not leave the premises. I said don't leave the premises. What am I speaking? Some strange foreign language? You do a good Alan Arkin. It Thank does. you. It's pretty good. Um, so I Married an Axe Murder is one of my favorite movies. I didn't even know he was in that. Yeah, he's... Me either. He's know, got a small uh, part, but... Uh, what? Uh, well, start rating, Jordan. 2.75. Okay. Happy to be the lowest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're, uh, yeah, you're catching up with two stars. Wait, what, here. what was yours? 
Two and a half. Oh, okay. All right, all right. So moving on to our feedback segment. So you can send us an email at feedback at filmyakpodcast.com. Let us know uh, any questions you have for us or any comments about our show. We got one from said M who said, yo, 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 yo. Thanks with an X for answering my questions last week. Much love. The truth. How about or how about another one of them? F U X greater than <laughs> symbol question mark. Fucks. Fucks. Uh, <laughs> how about another one of them? Fucks. Uh, is that what he's saying? Yeah. Okay. Um, has any one of you fellas ever walked out of a movie at the theater? If so, what was the reason? What movie did you leave? Do you regret it? I'll keep sending it if you keep reading. Get at me, fools. Said M. All right. Thanks, said M, for your uh, for your question there and your enthusiasm. Guys, y'all have any uh, answers for him here? Let's see. What, I, uh, you ever walked out of a movie theater? The only time I've ever actually walked out of a movie theater was because the something, I don't remember exactly what happened, but for some reason... Uh, I was watching Batman and Robin in a theater, and that's, that's why. And the well, well, that I mean, now now I know better. I was like, I saw it in I was, the I was, I was a kid at the time. Loved sure I did it. too. Yeah, at the time, yeah. Well, I mean, what is? Yeah, you're ten years old or whatever. It's yeah. great. Um, it's so like the the picture cuts out and the soundtrack is still going for some reason, and then it cuts out too. And then somebody from management comes in and says we're having technical difficulties. Uh, we're gonna refund everybody's money or uh, give you like a free pass for something. Uh, so yeah, we had we had to leave. Oh, that doesn't really count. That's yeah, not what he's talking leave. about. You never left a movie out of like this movie's terrible or no, Jordan. Mm. Also, I go to I go to the movie theater far less than a lot of my friends. Oh. So. <laughs> I kind of feel like if you go and you're going to pay money for it, you might as well see the whole thing, even if it's terrible. I am inclined to agree, but I have a couple of stories of uh, walkouts. Um, I do have a story, though. Oh, go ahead. You can go. I'll I'll tell one. Go, Jordan. You tell one of yours. All right. (laughs) Uh, The most, the only, the only, the only film I've actually walked out of was Australia. Baz Luhrmann's Australia, which was, uh, I watched about 10 minutes of it, and it was just really awful and I just couldn't do it and I was like this movie's like three hours long I don't want to sit through this uh. Quantum of Solace is playing right down the hall so I left never seen uh, never had seen Casino Royale at this point but I was just like you know Quantum of Solace might be like fun like an action movie you know mm-hmm. someone saw it and um, incidentally love Quantum of Solace uh, at the time I haven't rewatched it since but I've been meaning to have mm-hmm. you watched Australia since? Have not watched Australia. Did buy it for my wife because she apparently loves it, mm. but have not watched it with her yet. Um, just really uh, not interested in it. But I will watch it whenever she's ready. That uh, is a valid reason, though. So, It'd be like yeah. this is three hours long. This looks rough. Mm. Why waste my? It time? It was just like Nicole yeah. Kidman was like. I like Nicole Kidman a lot, but yeah. she was brutal mm. in like the first and five or ten minutes. Of, and he's okay, but like. She was just so like obnoxious and like loud and screechy, and I was just like, I don't want to deal with this woman for three hours, so I, right. was, I just left. And Quantum Solace rules. It's the best uh, Bond film. The end. Well, of all uh, time. Of all time. Okay. 
of Honor. It's not really. I've seen barely any of them. Okay. Out of the maybe five or six I've seen, it's the best, in my opinion. I uh, my story is less of walking out of a theater, but being kicked out um, for the I believe it was the midnight showing of Twenty Eight uh, Days Later when it first came out. Sold out. I had a bunch of friends uh, going to it. Already had their tickets. So me and uh, I believe it was my good friend Sean bought tickets to Finding Nemo, and then snuck into Twenty Eight Days Later. So, uh, you know, we joined our friends, our little posse in the theater. And then uh, the movie was so sold out, and apparently so many people had snuck in, you know, for this premiere of this uh, you know, film everybody's excited to see, that the theater management came in and said, all right, everybody who snuck in this film, you know, we're going to go check tickets. And whoever doesn't have a ticket to this film, then, you know, you're losing your money, you're getting kicked out, or we're going to ban you, or whatever threats they made. So they're like, we're gonna give you, you know, a chance now. If you uh, if you're not where you should be, you know, go find your movie. So me and my friend were like, all right, well, let's go see some Finding Nemo instead. <laughs> so we had to go uh, catch like the last half of Finding Nemo. You know, it was like a big letdown. But then we went and saw uh, Twenty Eight Days Later, probably like the next day or that weekend or something. But I remember being really bummed out. Uh, we were gonna see Logan and I. We're going to go see 28 Days Later, and I think we saw The Matrix Reloaded instead. Mm. Bummer. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, so I have uh, other stories that are related. I bought tickets to see the movie The Brotherhood of the Wolf, which is like a French action movie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, on our way in, uh, my mother and I decided we'd rather see Black Hawk Down, so we just went to Black Hawk Down and saw that instead. Mm. So we didn't really walk out. We just decided to change our minds. So yeah. I don't have any stubs for Black Hawk Down, but I have two for Brotherhood of the Wolf. <laughs> uh, my friend uh, Jonathan, who was on the show a couple of weeks ago, uh, we tried to sneak in to see Watchmen, mm. and uh, we got yelled at a little bit, and then we ran out wow. but uh, by like a 16-year-old kid who was working there part-time. <laughs> I know that's f- happened to me before, too, like when I was younger. I can't remember what movie, but like trying to sneak into rated R movies and then like you know being found well this was just we didn't want we were old enough to see it we just didn't want to pay money to see it Uh, (laughs) it was like this movie's probably gonna suck but we want to see it so we don't want to pay so we would just try to sneak in and then uh finally uh oh i wanted to leave phantom of the opera i remember distinctly like sitting in a movie like i really want to go but i'm not Mm. going to because you know, want to see this movie, and I like Joel Schumacher a lot. Mm. And then uh, the only other thing is that uh, Logan and I snuck back into Sin City for the second time in a row without paying. We walked back through the uh, emergency exit. It was really <laughs> cool. And then he locked his keys in his car, so he had to call a locksmith. Ouch. Poetic Ouch. justice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and we stole posters from the men's room. They used to, like, put posters above the urinals so we just took guys are just a bunch of vandals yep yeah it was a great time (laughs) i I still have mine (laughs) what posters it's a character poster from sin city it's bruce willis Ah, he uh. he got the i think he got the clive owen one Mm. but i'm sure he doesn't have it anymore Mm. all right funny thing that's it funny thing about uh, the watchman that was the first time i ever got carded oh really yeah I don't remember what we saw Watchmen eventually somewhere else, but I don't. Remember. Yeah, what was the whole thing? You know, like the biggest the biggest thing that happened when that movie came out was all the talk about blue penis. 
<laughs> so then they started checking IDs for everybody before. God before forbid you... you should see a flaccid blue penis. Yeah, that'll, that'll scar you for life. Totally. I do remember like not a not. It's a crazier theater experience, but not really related to like walking out, but. Uh, I remember going to see Orange County in the theater <laughs> and like a bunch of my friends, like I guess we we're in middle school or high school or something being goofy. And like we all dressed up in weird costumes. Like I had a goblin mask on. A friend had like a black afro. And I remember us like it was a rowdy. We were at City Place. So it was a rowdy uh, audience anyway. But we were just like being really obnoxious, like standing up in the middle of the movie. And I was like yelling goblin and I don't know. I'm surprised we didn't get kicked out of there. Wow. (laughs) We were being jerks. Um, But I remember it being really fun. It's fun to be a jerk. So I guess I'll just say real quick to uh, our listener, Brad, that uh, I don't remember saying that 2049 could have been shot by any cinematographer and it would have looked the same. Which was what he said. I said I don't I remember, remember saying you kind of saying. Something. I said that it could be shot by a number of other cinematographers and look just as good. But and you, I stand by that. But you did say that's oh, the cinematographer. They do lighting. Like who cares or something like that. Yeah, I, I stand by that too. They're in charge of lighting. That is true. They choose the lens that is on the camera. I mean, I don't. I, I just don't. I mean, David Fincher uses like multiple cinematographers. Every movie he makes looks the exact same. So I, I like. How much is the cinematographer involved in the? Me and Kevin kind of had that conversation aesthetics. of like how you know how much because I feel like the job of a cinematographer is to uh, like achieve, have, the, achieve director's the director's vision. vision. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it's like it's a blurry line, like you know who's doing what or how much you know can you give credit to the cinematographer? So yeah, tell I mean, me, Lubezki couldn't have shot. 2049 and made it look the exact same like he would have like he might have used more wide angles i mean <laughs> i know it was being i know it was being hyperbolic with saying um richard roger, roger d <laughs> i can't remember the guy's name you called him Deacon. a god of cinema god. last week and now you can't, can't remember, remember his he's name. a minor deity <laughs> minor, <laughs> lowercase g um yeah I know it was being hyperbolic in that statement, but mainly like i started paying attention to uh his cinematography after seeing sicario which I thought was great. It's and his then best. Thought it was great, and then I saw 2049. Thought it was really great. Thought it was, uh, yeah, his yeah. I guess I'm just like really I'm just really sick of like all the deacons worship like I see on Facebook and all the groups and everything. I'm just like I just it's not that big of a well, deal to me. I haven't really seen that, but I'm not trying to join that bandwagon. I just like those two films a lot. All good, and all I good. wish that cool. listeners who take issue with things we say, I have no problem with that. I love to be challenged. I love to of argue. Course. That's why you're here. So yeah. send me an email, Brad. Get on it, bud. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Ask some questions. I'm Feedback take us to at task. filmyakpodcast.com. Yeah. That's yes. right. And you can uh, write in like Sadam did with yo, yo, yo. All right, well, let's, uh, let's move on to this trivia battle because we got to assign some films here. Cool. So, how's this going to work? First to two. First to two. First to two, and I have negative two, or are we not doing that? What do you feel? I don't care. All right. And we'll start you off at zero with everybody else. Yeah, we'll we'll see how it goes. So, uh, who's going to... We're all all playing here. So, just give you two cards. Sure. And give you two cards, and I'll take two cards. And, John, you'll keep score? Yeah, I'll keep score. Cool. All right. Kevin, how about you go first? You can ask John. John will ask me. I'll ask you. Okay. <clears throat> or really, y'all can both chime in, right? No, if I get it wrong, you can, yeah, you steal. can steal. Okay. Let's do it. 
Let's do it. Okay, it's a quote, and I'll read off the possible names of the movie. Okay. How could something so small create something so disgusting? Wait, wait, wait. I know that. Can I... I don't want to guess. There are options. Give me the options. A, Beetlejuice. B, Babe. C, Three Men and a Baby. D, Chicken Run. Three Men and a Baby. Yes. Easy. Well, I'm looking at all all these, and I'm like... I was actually going to guess Gremlins, but... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You should have guessed it. Nah. Then you've been wrong. I'm glad I won. (laughs) Okay, so I'm asking you. Yeah. What actor appeared in The Outsiders, Little Darlings, and Rumblefish? Is there options? No. I can Uh, make up options. Matt Dillon? That's correct. Let me keep score like I said I was going to do. This is Jordana. Jordana Brewster. Kevin. Jordana. me. So I have one and you have one. Go ahead. All right. Kevin. That's uh, Mm -hmm. one-to-one, Jordan and myself, Kevin, about to earn his first point or not. Hopefully earn my first point. All right. This is a quote. Mm Mm-hmm. Norman, you manifested the snakes. What movie is that from? Are there options? (laughs) Yes. A, The Matrix. B, Sphere. C, Anaconda. D, The Mummy. You say Anaconda? (laughs) (laughs) Hannah Montana. No, Anaconda. Sphere. Sphere is correct. Let's go. All right. Should do director cards. Okay. Um, I'll just trounce all of you. (laughs) Pretty much. What 1991 Spike Lee film explores an interracial couple's experience with racism? Jungle Fever. Easy. Yeah. Like, I'm looking at all of these, and I'm like, there's no way he would not guess all of these. Well, you said first, first to two, because I just won. I don't know. <laughs> well, Do we want to go first to four? Or? Let's go first to four. First okay. Because okay. it's a little too easy. A little okay. too easy, huh? All right. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm me. supposed to ask you a question now. Yeah. Uh, wait, this card is the card you had last week mm. with the American Pie thing on it. Remember the flute clarinet thing? Yeah. All right. Um, let's see. <laughs> this is a good one. He's able to eat, this is a quote. He's okay. able to eat things that would make a billy goat puke. Is this wolf, the fly, predator, first blood? Dang. Um, predator? Oh. First blood. First blood. Dang. You lose. Hmm. All right. That's when, uh, uh, his commander, his colonel, is he's able to eat things that would make a billy goat puke. Yeah. <laughs> it's really like intense, you know. All right, Kev. Richard Crenna. Yeah. <clears throat> In the nineteen ninety nine drama Cruel Intentions, mm. Annette, Reese Witherspoon's character, is from what city? <laughs> Jesus. You're screwed, brother. <laughs> and you have options. Give me the options. A Kansas City. B, San Diego, C, Minneapolis, or D, Charleston? Those all sound like the right answer. (laughs) I'm going to say Kansas City. Oh, you got it right. 
<laughs> oh, what a guess. It's been forever since I've seen that movie. And honestly, like, when I'm when you're watching that movie, you're watching Sarah Michelle Gellar. You're not watching the movie. <laughs> okay. These are all super easy. Anyway, yeah. Okay, John. Yeah. What actor appeared in One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, The Dream Team, and The Addams Family? Christopher Lloyd. Yes. Easy. All these are easy for John. All right, John. And it's not because he owns it. He just has I've watched that many the movies. Dream team, but I know that Christopher well, like the first, in it. Yeah, the first, <laughs> like, the first well, a couple the weeks ago, you answered like two questions having never seen the movie. Yeah, I haven't seen a lot of movies, yeah, but yeah. I know he, about them all. He is a movie man. Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd appeared in what 1985 comedy? There are no options. I could tell you who did the theme song. That might help. Yeah. Paul McCartney did the theme song. That doesn't help. He'll never get it. <laughs> uh, Chevy Chase and Dan Aykroyd in what, 1995? 85. 1985? When they were actually in stuff. Oh, man. Dan Aykroyd and Chevy Chase. SNL alum with the McCartney. Mm, I have no idea. It's going to be a little movie called Spies Like Us I've featuring n- the worst theme song of all time. I've never gotten Ouch. that. So. Also called Spies Like Us. I don't Did a... Did Landis do that one? I don't have any idea. Okay. Probably. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. All right, Kev. Mm-hmm. These are all super easy, so... <laughs> you want another card? Yes. <laughs> That's all you got to say. Uh, come on, man. Don't do that. <laughs> oh, do my best Matthew see. Broderick. <laughs> hmm. All right. Uh, this is see. dead air. <laughs> do, 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 do. Okay. What actor appeared in Victor Victoria, Duel at Diablo, and Maverick? James Garner. Yes. <laughs> when you said when you said Maverick, I was like, it has to be. <laughs> All right. All right. Uh, so if John gets this, he wins pretty much. Uh, yeah, I guess. So uh, that way. All right. Give me another card. <laughs> trying to make it so that it doesn't happen. Jinx you. Yeah. yeah. Let's see. What classic movie? Classic movie. <laughs> Where is the question about? Okay, um, films from the twenties. Here we go. Yeah. Well, actually, yeah. Or or just golden age of Hollywood. Um. Okay, John. Name one of the two sequels to the nineteen seventy disaster flick Airport. Name one of the two sequels. Yes. Airport 2 not the answer? Nope. Uh, oh, is it like a different word with an exclamation point at the end of it? It's like a, it's like another place. It's like a parking garage or something. <laughs> no. Is there options? Uh, no. Air, airport 2, the beginning. I don't know. No. I give up. Okay. Uh, airport 1975 or Airport 77? Oh, yeah, I knew that. I've heard of that. Ouch. Yeah. Well, I didn't get that one. So, All right, so we keep playing. So now it's between... Who is it between? It's between us two, but Jordan could come back if we keep losing. That's true. true. This game could go Not on forever. Likely. In 1994 film I Love Trouble, which I incidentally saw at the theater with my mom in 94, what are Peter's and Sabrina's, that's Julia Roberts and Nick Nolte's, occupations? 
Are they food critics, detectives, reporters, lawyers? All good options. Mm, I'm going to guess lawyers. (laughs) They're Mm. reporters, you Reporters. All right. How can you not know about this classic of American cinema? I love trouble. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Speaking of reporting, this is a quote. I can't do my reporting for my reporters, which means I have to trust them, and I hate trusting anybody. All the president's men. Yes. You guys suck. (laughs) It's not our (laughs) fault. It's not your fault you suck? How do we... We're beating you. (laughs) You suck. That's why you suck, because you're beating me. Yeah. Uh... He's got to look at three different cards to get one that'll stump me. <laughs> there was the one on one of one question on these three cards would actually stump you. Well, it did stump you. We don't want the but game now, to last all day either. So yeah, we're at two hours and two. Okay, whatever. Okay, <clears throat> what actor appeared in Howard's End, The Silence of the Lambs, and Chaplin? Oh. uh... Anthony Hopkins. That's right. I was like, thinking, I was like, I was like, I don't know. Is Scott Glenn in all those? Movies? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Okay. I all won. right. John wins. Well, what does that mean? You get to assign somebody a film. Oh, so I just pick one of you to assign a film to? I guess, unless you want to assign both of us. Nah. Uh, let me go to my list of films here to see who's going to get it. Who's going to get it bad? All right, while you do that, I'm going to ask Kevin one more question. Okay. Okay. Julia Robert plays Vivian Ward in what film? Vivian Ward? Yep. Um, Julia Roberts. Want the options? Sure. Runaway Bride, Pretty Woman, Conspiracy Theory, or My Best Friend's Wedding? Best Friend's Wedding? Eh. Just wanted to see you lose. <laughs> Just wanted to watch you burn. No, it was Pretty Woman. You said watch me burn, but you couldn't even be, you couldn't even be bothered to do it in a Cockney accent. Nope. Oh, you're talking Whatever, about man. Uh, Dark Knight. Why are we talking about Dark Knight so much on this show? Yeah, that, I, I was going to tell him <laughs> Dark Knight is banned from our show now because we've talked about it so many times. Can We're I gonna... assign both of you to watch the same film? Yeah. I want you. Have you seen Jacob's Ladder? Uh, with Robin Williams? No. Not Robin Williams. Tim Robbins. Uh, Tim Robbins. <laughs> Robin Williams. Oh, what am I talking about? Uh, no, I don't think I've seen have it. Have you seen it? I have. Ah, damn it. Just assign it. That's not any fun. That's an intense movie, man. I'll tell you what. I'll just assign it to Jordan then. Jordan, watch Jacob's Ladder. I'll watch it too. I've been meaning to rewatch it. So. Okay. Uh, yeah. I think I've Sounds seen parts good. of it on TV, but. It's, it's good. Yeah. It's it's hardcore. It's got Elizabeth like, Pena. She's great too. I like her a lot. She is She's the late Elizabeth Pena. So you're not going to sign him anything? Just nah, me. just you. Yeah, He's you already watching Only God Forgives tonight. So that's true. Yeah. All right. Well, for our next deep dive, John, you're going to love this. Oh uh, yeah. We we'll doing uh, Princess Mononoke, directed by Hayao Miyazaki, also from 1997. So we're just on our 97 streak here. I'll that's try right. to come uh, up with one from 97 for the next episode. Do it. Uh, which is a Japanese epic historical fantasy anime film directed by Hayao Miyazaki. Uh, the story follows the young Prince Ashitaka, and he's involved in a struggle between the gods of a forest and the humans who consume its resources. 
So great anime flick. I don't know where you can find it other than probably like your public library. I don't think it's streaming online anywhere, but if you can get a it's copy not on of iTunes? it, I don't think so. Um, pretty Studio Ghibli is pretty strict about all that stuff. They're strict about not wanting you to see their stuff. It's that bad. They're strict about. Please don't watch this trash. <laughs> no. It's really embarrassing, guys. They want you to watch it on the best possible. Just go format. ahead and spend like forty dollars on a DVD of it. Yeah, go ahead and do that, and then watch it, and come back and listen to our. No, show next get week. the Blu-ray, like in it, like a human being. <laughs> spend eighty dollars on the Blu-ray. Yeah. All right, so uh, that's our show for today. Uh, subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, and you can leave a review uh, for our show. It'll help us get uh, more listeners out there. And check out our website for all our blog posts and other episodes, filmyakpodcast.com. See you next week for more Film Yak. Do, 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 do. No? Not that? That's it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>